0: Hey, everyone, this is PJ Farley from Fozzie, Trickster, and possibly your band, reporting to you from the road to let you know that you are listening to the Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. And also, I think we all agree, Joey Casada should sell meatballs, not books.
1: and salutations welcome to shout it out loudcast don't turn your radio dial you're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode number 49 we're calling this one look out there's danger on the track you may find ninjas cherokees carries, and even noble ancient knights on the loose and things may change my friend but things will never be the same again Tommy Zeus, how are you? Well,
2: it's 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning, and we're talking <laughs> about Sunny Poonies' final count. To- Ninjas and Cherokees. We're at a fucking car dealership right now. <laughs> What's wow. up? Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, this ought
0: to be interesting. I'm not going to give anything away, but this ought to be interesting. At least. For a
1: month. I've uh, been sending in the text group every once in a while, a recorded message. Yeah. Do 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 <laughs> do, do 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 do. I think one time I did scooby doo doo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: We got it. Oh luck, yeah. We got lucky it. lucky
1: us. Yeah, yes. we got it. And Wonder. and now all three of us
2: are on the trail of tears this morning. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh boy. Oh boy! Oh
2: boy! Well, it's a big one. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, um, last time we did Tom's pick Van Halen's "Fair Warning." Yeah. And uh, what a difference! Uh, Tom, <laughs> we did a, we did a, a poll for that, right?
2: Yes, we did. Yep. As always, our ARC poll. We picked the top four songs according to us, uh, and they were Mean Street. Unchained so this is love and hear about it later and to no surprise Unchained runs away with this one 56% Mean Street at 28 hear about it later at 8 and my favorite so this is love stumbles in at 8% also lots of votes lots of people love this album this is cool St. Van Halen says my favorite Van Halen album this pod will be my workout listen today Oh, good luck with that. Kevin's on fire. This is like picking children for me, but I went with Mean Street. As my late cousin Ben would say, it's all about the groove. Great episode as usual. Tony from Strain, who's responsible for our intro music and who's probably on a cruise ship somewhere in the middle of the frigging Indian Ocean. Um, Unchained is the hands-down winner. No contest. One of the most memorable riffs ever. Yeah, a lot of people see. Ken and Satan's service. The riff in Unchained gives me a ball erection. <laughs> wow! I didn't know that was a thing. I'm have to try that later.
0: Well, David Lee Roth had those inflated ball thing, remember, in the video?
2: Not yes. a an inflated cock thing, an inflated <laughs> ball. Yes. So, lots of comments here going back and forth with Mean Street and Unchained. Unfortunately, not too much love for uh, my favorite, which is So This Is Love. But let's get some opinions here on the album itself.
1: Our buddy, Ar- so This Is Love was a single. And normally... The singles run away with these votes. That's how bad the single was kind of promoted. I, well, yeah. Plus, also, so this is love is not like a true
2: quote unquote Van Halen. It's like it doesn't have like a riff. It's more of a bass groovy kind yeah. of song. So I could see why people go to Mean Street or Unchained. That would, you know, that makes sense. Uh, our buddy Murph, of course, sends us a gif of Potsy and Richie Cunningham because Murph is Potsy. Um, Let's see here. Aggie dad and tiger grad. I didn't discover Van Halen until 1984. And fair warning was not a favorite of mine as a kid since it wasn't the party anthem album. But as time went on, it's become my second favorite Van Halen album with everything Eddie does on this one. LP also known as LP Sterlino says this is probably. Oh, this is a comment right here. This is probably the best album from the 80s. That isn't kiss. Ooh, he must not be including. The final countdown by Europe. Yeah. Or the poison album. Or the po yeah. Or yeah. And then Tony again comments with a big picture of a chocolate Charleston chew. <laughs> if you don't remember what that reference is, go back and listen to the fair warning episode. That's Shaq. I feel good. Yeah. All right. And that's enough of Twitter right there. Everybody loves fair warning for the most part, so. Over on the Book of Face, Ray
0: Gallas says, oh, my God, a bonus holiday gift. This is a great album. So Sonny will hate this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Greek Thunder from Down Under, Thanis Akratides. Fantastic review, boys. I find myself agreeing with all of you, depending on the song involved. Sonny, you're like the strict judge on Dancing with the Stars who really gives <laughs> compliments the album certainly has some of Van Halen's greatest moments, but the 1970 debut and "F.U.C.K." are my favorites. Oh, wow! Kevon
2: Japson. Oh, is this in between him uh, fixing his furnace at two o'clock in the morning? No,
0: Tom, this is in between him being put in straight jacket with his crazy post. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, somebody needs to do a wellness check on our buddy. <laughs> he is fucking out there. Good <laughs> Lord. And we don't need to hear about your fucking latest sex in, in, uh, or lack thereof, buddy. Keep that you know what's happened?
2: Jepson's Jebs- just like the definition of an incel. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
3: Anyways, go ahead. Unbelievable. We love chips. We love, we love, we love go ahead. just
0: a lot of information there, Kevon. Anyways, though I love Sonny, Uh-oh. it couldn't be more different. I seriously watch football to watch the Cowboys lose, and they did. Uh, but I do listen to ARC to hope Sonny wins. And again, he loses. <laughs> Clearly, he ate paint chips. Shit. Out more shit that makes him more... Retar oh okay. I learned Mean streets during the pandemic, not no. pandemic oh God pl- <laughs> because this was part of the master plan, apparently, yeah. according to his fucking yeah. conspiracy buddies
1: to control just- the population oh yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. yep yeah.
0: just the intro, the solo can suck it. the album <laughs> rules besides the one keyboard shit song. it's a masterpiece. Yeah, somebody named Mario Aguilera Third says, yeah, Sonny was clearly eating some serious paint chips. Oh, they don't like your fucking uh, Van Halen
1: takes there, Sonny. I love that, that one song is a piece of shit, the rest is a masterpiece. So if you got this great steak and in the middle bite you get a piece of shit, I don't think that steak tastes so great anymore. Sure it is, just cut around the shit. Do you're, and you're not
2: assuming there'll be any more? Shit. But if the steak is that good, you'd be like, you know, what? I'm willing to take a risk for some wow. shit.
1: Wow! Wow! <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh,
0: anyways, uh, Mark Flores' music, yes, yeah. Tom. Big exclamation point! Yeah. This album is Testosterone Tsunami, and my second favorite album ever. Regarding oh. the maze. After this author addressed his mental health issues, he gifted uh, his hospital, the sequel, out of the maze. Mm. A family at peace is its main image. However, it's hard to see, but a skull in the grass, bottom left, represents the artist's trouble past. while the clouds in the upper right signal he feared he could relapse.
2: That's mm. fucking pretty oh. deep. Yeah. Van Halen forever. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I would say it's right. The, the depth of that cover is Probably close to the depth of the cover of the Final Countdown. I would say it's it's kind of got that's kind of same about real close, real close, same artist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 He went into a mental institution after listening to this album. That's why he had to do that. Uh,
0: Brian Robinson, Patreon members, please come through and pick Testament New (laughs)
2: Order. (laughs) Oh yeah, that'll happen. Review. (laughs) Is that the song? (laughs) New World Order. No, that's Ministry. (laughs) <laughs> New World Order. That, right? You know that. That's yeah. it. You should just hang up. Why? <laughs> I can't help.
0: Like the stuff that you know. That was on Headbangers Ball all the time, and that's yeah. when Again? the Hulk Hogan wrestling the, New oh, yes. World the, Order came out. NWA NWO. And I used, to think, and I used yeah. to think that was their theme, but it wasn't. But yeah. I just knew it from that. Uh um, pollution was on
1: Headbangers ball, yeah. ball too all the time. Doesn't mean they're any good. What pollution? I, Ass minute. pollution. Ass <laughs> pollution? That was also in a- the kids a- 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 hey A.K.A. A- Faster game. Excuse <laughs> me.
0: When did I say that the
1: song was good?
0: I just <laughs> said I knew it. I didn't say it was good.
2: Well, I didn't say it was good either. <laughs> Ministry's terrible. yes so fuck them. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, over on Loudcasters, Chad Campbell says, Fair Warning is the best Van Halen album. John Whiteman. I think I know... <laughs> Who fought on the minibus and he put a picture of Nell Cotter?
2: <laughs> oh, come on. T- you know, it's so funny how we do these episodes, they're a month apart. <laughs> that when we read feedback, like I forget some of the yeah. shit that we
1: talked about during the episodes. And people are putting together like three different jokes and stories. So I'm like, <laughs> right, wait a second, right. let me go where yeah, what? Ex- exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> Joe Decker. Mm. Mean Streets is my favorite EVH riff ever. Good episode. My biggest takeaway from the rock hard selections, though I personally can't stand Rob Reiner. I am fascinated by the JFK stuff. So I decided to give the meathead (laughs) dead from the neck up a shot and give it a listen. Glad I did. It's fantastic. Great recommendation. I fucking love it. And the fact that it's over, I'm pissed, but it's fucking awesome. You guys should check it out. Uh, Joey Romanik, Don't call him Ray Romano. Joey pressed pants (laughs) Romanek. Oh, he decked out jeans Settle down (laughs) with your fucking photos of you and all these like pretty ladies and get the fuck out of that photo, too. We don't need to see you in there. (laughs) Stubbles. Fun episode, guys. Tom is right. Alex Van Halen is overlooked as one of the great rock drummers. Everyone talks about Eddie's tone, but Alex's signature sound himself. He tuned his kit higher and more open than most drummers of that era. You could tell it was him playing by one snare hit. I agree. He's right. To me, that snare. Yep. Yep. To me, Van Halen is always more than Eddie's playing. This is some of the parts Eddie's sound, Alex sound, Michael Anthony's voice, and Dave's delivery. Yeah. What's with the fucking good comment there, fucking
2: Ray? What's with the good comment?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not expecting what's that. W- what's up with you making sense? <laughs> what's yeah. up with your wife's back and <laughs> shit? <clears throat> um over on Instagram, Elijah Moore 5150 says Sinner Swing is the best is the best tune on the record. Underrated song. Wow. Good song. It's not the best one on the record, but that's okay. Yeah. 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 Uh author Greg Renoff put a bunch of uh fire emojis. Yep. Over on uh YouTube mtl 3944 i don't know if that's fucking montreal voots i don't think so oh yeah maybe uh i'm with team tom on this one something about this album's production makes it sound gloomy pissed off about anything just a perfect feel for a 12 year old at the time never knew the backstory about the cover art along with the debut album fair warning was always a press play on the walkman and listened to it front and back without burning batteries fast forwarding Unchained was the perfect wake-up-your-brother-for-school song blasting from the basement below his room. Just a classic. Was so happy to hear you guys love So This Is Love as well. Didn't hear you talking about the up and down change in volume at the beginning of the song. Oh, Had always thought it was the tape
2: itself. He's that, right that that he's right. At the beginning of the song when that where it's kind of just the bass, yeah. You can, it it sounds like the volume is being adjusted. It's like the uh, song gets lo- like it's soft and loud for like a brief minute or so. Yep. Gotcha. I yep. love this ARC pick
0: and love the episode even more. I find it amazing how I can match with Sonny on many of his eighties glam rocks, which T and make fun of, but oh. then view Roth versus Hagar. The opposite of him. Happy 2024, gents. Hey,
2: we love 80s glam rock. Just we're waiting for Sonny to pick a good one. Maybe this is maybe that maybe this is that one.
3: Uh, <laughs> uh Ken Woody Woodbury
2: 7299.
0: Zeus just alienated himself with all of Buffalo. Ain't getting no chicks. What? Because fat chicks are the ladies' night what does in he Buffalo.
1: Talk- oh, la- it's ladies' night in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh somebody named Paul Kruger, terrible review. By far the best Van Halen.
2: <laughs> so why is it a terrible review? <laughs> why did it sound like <laughs> uh, two, yeah, two uh, or uh, three
0: uh, of us liked it. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Is
2: that Kruger from Kruger Industrial <laughs> Smoothing? They're the ones who messed up the Statue of Liberty. They couldn't get the green stuff off. I could go all wild in there.
0: <laughs> you, Kruger, <laughs> my my son says your company
3: stinks.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
2: Uh, that's what I got, guys. Over to you. Sonny, couple emails.
1: <clears throat> all right. So first emails from Angelo Capasso. I've been listening to Tom and Zeus since day one. All I have to say is that this is an all-time wait. All I have to say is that in all this time, Tom, you never hit out of the park like you did assessing Van Halen's fair warning. I don't know if that's written right. But anyway, Uh, I can't stress how much you're spot on. I would have ranked it higher, but even so, this is a perfect album. There's no deep cuts as far as I'm concerned. And I feel both Alex and Michael kick ass as much as Eddie does on the album. By the way, Tom, you need to do stand-up comedy. Shaq's oh. Charleston Chew in his pants remark almost made me run <laughs> off the road on my run. Where do you come up with this stuff? Happy New Year to all of you, and here's for another kick-ass 2024. Angelo, as Tommy would say, settle down. I knew that was coming. There's I, yeah. only <laughs> one. There's only one person on this podcast that could do stand-up comedy. Who's that's that? Me. Oh, really? Yeah, me. Okay. Okay, like the gu- like the
2: fucking unknown comedian <laughs> with a bag over his head. <laughs> oh, yeah, I definitely have to have a bag over my head. There's the no
0: doubt about
1: that. What the fucking Carrot like top state, opening
2: fucking...
0: Like
1: every State hat. fan in the 80s just put a bag over my head. That's yeah. Ronnie, the prop comic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, Sonny could open up for Carrot Top. <laughs> go,
1: go ahead. Uh, the other email, I'm just going to say Rob K, because there's no way I can pronounce that last name. Okay um great episode fair warning it is my favorite vh album i like that it's darker eddie's a monster on this album in both lead and rhythm playing top songs unchanged so this is love hear about it later mean streets over the last few years of listening to sonny it's obvious that he likes a lot of good music but i think he like dislikes more good music than he likes love the show rob well, it depends on what you think good music is. Yes. Oh, okay. If you believe good music is Russian Nirvana and Grateful Dead and the Beatles and oh, boy. Rolling Stones and fucking Zeppelin and STP and all this just, other just shit. The, just yeah, the, just like the
2: greatest it. bands in the world, unlike Poison, Bad English, Europe. Eh, yeah. eh. Okay. All right. Well, I got a couple of emails here, and then we'll get into Final Countdown and see what we all think of this. Our buddy, Yanni Aslak Rossinen. Born in 78 and having grown up in the 80s and 90s, I was first exposed to Van Halen via MTV and the music videos for Jump, Panama, and Hot for Teacher. The 1984 album was huge in Finland and it was everywhere, but the rest of the catalog, not so much, since the band really didn't tour in Finland until 1988. Well, oh, excuse me, he says 1998. I don't know if that's a typo or not. Excluding the debut, Van Halen has always been surprisingly inconsistent on records, having to rely on covers or eyebrow-raising fillers. Van Halen is no exception. Unchained is flawless, and as good as the rest of the album is weak. Without that song, Fair Warning would fall flat, despite the band's magnificent musicianship and unique playing. That's a terrible take, but I respect you, Yanni. My personal favorite album has always been 5150. Artistically, Van Hagar wipes the flow with the original lineup, but lacks the wild, goofy, wacko, bozo charm of DLR. The battle between Van Hagar and Van Halen is one between musicianship and showmanship. Their warning is a weird experimental record with one absolute masterpiece on it. Well, I'll give you credit. It's a thoughtful review, even though I completely disagree, but that's okay. It's
0: okay.
4: Did, uh, he, he, say the-
2: they, did he say they broke up in 98, right? He said he, unless that's a typo, he said the only time they toured Finland was 98. Oh, that's probably true with uh,
1: Sharon. With Sharon from Van Halen Three, Yeah. yeah, yeah they were yeah. all over the place. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, is,
0: the- any on, oh, is any on the cover of this fucking Europe CD? Who Gary Sharon?
2: No, Yannick. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, He's the sixth he, one. He well, he's well, he's from Finland, not Sweden. So <laughs> I, I did, I did like his comment though. Musicianship versus showmanship. Totally, yeah. oh, totally true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. Yep. Uh, wrap up feedback with Tony the Taxman, Anthony Barone. Just a small reminder that I selected Fair Warning as my ARC pick six months ago, and thought I had a chance to get picked, but the sunny veto power must be strong. Okay, I'm going to cut you off with that and explain to you the process here. First of all, Tony, yes, I remember you picked Fair Warning. Second of all, there's no veto power. The way I'll give you a little peek behind the curtain about how the ARC picks work. Every Patreon submits an album, and then myself, Zeus, and Sonny each pick one album, and then that goes to the poll. I did not pick Fair Warning because I knew that I was going to pick it as my own pick eventually, and I didn't want to nominate it for a poll and have it lose. So that's the little story behind that. And uh, then he says, I got into Van Halen during DLR and Sonny got into them during Hagar. However, I can listen to all Van Halen with all three singers. We can like DLR and Sammy Hagar. After all, it's about Eddie and not the singer. Ooh. I'm so glad Tom picked this album. Next step is to get tool on ARC. Ho, ho. I remember when fair warning came out. and I remember when the needle dropped on Mean Street and I was like, how the hell is Eddie doing this? Mean Street is still the best song on this album, and Fair Warning is my go-to Van Halen album. Keep up the great reviews. Thanks, Tony. S-I-O-L, Hall of Fame 2023. Yeah, ABCPA, Inc. That's how you sign an email with your Hall of Fame signature. Good stuff, Tony. Yes, I knew you'd be excited about this, because I do remember you submitting it for a Patreon pick. So, and that's feedback. All right, let's take a quick little break. But before we uh, do, we got to
0: talk about the little...
2: Giddy up in Tom's pantalones. Oh, is that what we're calling it? All right. Well, I have to give all the credit to magic mind. Yes, that's right. Magic mind. The magic little bottles. Each shot contains a magical combination of over 12 ingredients designed to stimulate focus, creativity, energy, motivation. I'm telling you, this stuff is amazing. It's all natural ingredients. Take it with your coffee or your tea. And it has a cumulative effect. If you start taking one each day, you will notice it. It gives you a little bit of clarity, gives you a little bit of focus, gives you a little pantalone boost. <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, it tastes good. That's the that's the key thing. It tastes good. doesn't taste like gunk. It's really good.
0: Yeah, Tom, I've been using it, too. I put it with my tea. Same results as you. It's been working for me, so. Um, I know we have some sort of a code or,
2: for our listeners, too. That's right. We do. Only good for this January. When there's only a few days left. Magic Mind is going to help you crush your 2024 New Year's resolutions. You go to magicmind.com slash J-A-N, as in January, shout it out loud, and use the code S-I-O-L-20. It's an extra 20% off for when you order and subscribe. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. Magicmind.com S I O L twenty is the code. So check
0: out Magic Mind. Uh, all you loudcasters out there. All right, we're back, and we're on to Europe's The Final Countdown. This is Sonny's pick. So, Sonny, you lead us off. Let us know how you got into the album and uh, your thoughts.
1: Yeah, so, you know, when I picked the album, before I kind of give how I got into the album, for bands that people don't know a lot about, I usually do a quick history lesson. So mm-hmm. here comes a quick history lesson you're going to, Learn some things. Is it
0: about
2: fun. Cherokee Indians and the
1: March? It's, it is. It is. <laughs> oh, that's, no. that's, that's point number 58. <laughs>
2: oh, no. Okay. Are, there any, are there any fact about, about Mick McAuliffe, whatever the hell the guy's name is? Um,
1: He's in uh, seven. He's in number okay, seven. Okay, go ahead. All right. So quick history lesson. Uh, Europe is founded in Sweden. They're a Swedish band. 1979, they've released 11 studio albums influences of these guys white snake deep purple rainbow led zeppelin thin lizzy ufo michael schenker group okay so so you kind of get an idea of where their heads are at as they're kind of coming up with whatever they're coming up with we talk about the swedish bands a lot on grown up rock the seed for melodic rock in sweden right now is hot it's been hot for about 5 10 years many believe europe is the one who paved the way for that one of the reasons that music is a major part of swedish kids upbringing is because they are social democracy, So all the music youth programs ensured that every single Swedish kid got to learn for free after school any instrument they wanted to learn when they were wow. kids. So that's why you got so many people interested in music.
3: Hmm.
1: Europe started out like everybody else in Sweden, four or five guys that grew up together, went to school together, got a free rehearsal room from the county, spent every day of the week playing, talking music, that kind of thing. One of the things they did a little bit better than others was they had a couple of members that were very fueled at early ages, so that's kind of why you get the band that you got. The name Europe comes from the album by Deep Purple called Made in Europe, and that's because Joey Tempest, the singer, thought Europe was like a big, it sounded like an anthemic name, and that's kind of what he was looking for. So as they're getting started, Swedish companies are listening to them going, guys, cut your hair and stop singing in English. You're not going to get anywhere because there was no English singing Swedish rock bands around. And the only one that was having any success was Ingve, because he was starting mm-hmm. Rising Force yep. in the same time frame and was actively looking to get to the U.S. So Joey Tempest, the singer, John Norm, the guitar player, John Levin, the bassist, they start the band, kind of. They're the three core guys. They start thinking, well, Iron Maiden's out there, Ingve's out there, Motorhead's out there. They're all sausage fests. Nobody's attract- attracting the other half of the population, namely the women, and thought that maybe a melodic hard ba- rock band was the way to go, and good-looking guys could probably get that done. So Joey shaves his mustache, bleaches his hair, bam, you got a new pop idol. In 82, they compete in the Rock SM, which is the Swedish Rock Championship, and won, and got a record contract with Hot Records. First album comes in 83, second album... Uh, comes out in 84. And the first few albums, they're a little psychotic, a little scatterbrained. They had everything from White Snake to Led Zeppelin to Thin Lazy to Michael Schenker Group. And they didn't really have like a defined path. So the albums didn't sell. So after the second record, they're like, okay, forget it. Let's just go to the US and try to see if anybody wants us. Polygram says no. A&M says no. Warder Brothers says no. CBS Records says no. Before getting up, They get a little lucky, and Epic signs them. But they hand them a 100-page contract. Nobody wanted to spend any time reading it or showing it to lawyers because they didn't want anybody changing their mind, so they sign it. So they get the Epic record contract. Now time to go find a producer. Dieter Dirks, the guy who does all the Scorpion stuff, was interested but ended up doing the follow-up to Stay Hungry from Twisted Sister instead. Epic asked Bruce Fairbairn. Bruce, Ugh. Says, Ugh. Bruce says, I got Von Jovi experience, listens to all the demos and says, no, thanks. There's no hits on that album. Mm. So wow. they get Kevin Nelson, who did Journey Escape. He did Departure. He's mm-hmm. done Mr. Big. He's done Night Ranger. Now, you got to remember, these guys are growing up in Sweden. So the only thing they can latch on to is ABBA. That's really it. Yeah. But after Europe had some success, bands started popping out of Sweden like crazy you know, like In Flames, Opeth, Candle Mass, Arch uh-huh. Enemy. I mean, stuff that you a Ghost, right? Uh-huh. Stuff that you haven't really heard of. The problem is, is that Europe kind of paved the way for these guys, but then these bands spent all their time not being connected to Europe because they saw Europe as like the hair metal guys, and they didn't want to get connected to that. But even like the guys from Opeth who... I read an interview and he said, I used to see Europe live all the time and they're awesome. And we stole some of their like stage presence and all that. But I couldn't tell anybody that I saw Europe over 10 times. I'm an Opeth.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, so and opeth
1: like, is not Europe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so band breaks up, take a break, whatever you want to call it from about 92 to 2003. They come back in 2003. All five of the classic lineup come back. They're still active today. Today, Europe's a little bit darker, drop-down tuning, that kind of thing, but it's still melodic rock. So that's kind of a little bit of a history on Europe. How I came about the album, this album came out in my senior year of high school, and the videos were all over MTV. I was already a Bon Jovi fan, so this stuff felt similar. Um, I immediately thought Joey's voice was better than John's. Some may not agree with me, whatever. So I probably got the album like the week it came out, uh, and that was, what, 38 years ago? I have my album in my hand right now. Uh, the band members, when this album comes out, just so you know, is Joey Tempest on vocals, John Mo- Norum on guitar, John Levin on bass, Mick McCallie on keyboards, Ian Hogland on drums. And during this tour cycle of The Final Countdown, John Norm left and Key Marcello joins. But we'll kind of talk about that later. So, mm-hmm. you know, I got this as it came out. And you guys are too young for that. So that's kind of how I got into it. So for me,
2: the first time I heard Europe was obviously the Final Countdown uh, and then all the singles that came out after it. And then Europe was technically officially the first live band I ever saw in my life because the first concert I ever saw was Def Leppard in 1988 on the Hysteria Tour. And Europe opened up for them where they played the Final Countdown twice. (laughs) <laughs> yep. they they still do that yeah i know they, they played it the, they, they played at yeah. the beginning and at the end yep uh I, i'll be honest with you, that was 1988 i don't remember much about that concert at all both europe and Def leopard i I do remember the crowd engagement because it was big at that time how many chicks were there 99%. that was, that was that, honestly that was the next thing i was going to say europe and Def Leppard. and now i'm 15 years old and i'm like Oh man, this is what a fucking concert's like. Hey. And of course, it's a and it's two bands that attract the female. It's not like I went to like a Motorhead show, you know. So it was like, and it was the middle of the summer. Oh, it was yeah, that part was great. But here's a little thing here. Uh, th- this will go under my "Why I Hate Sunny Poony" segment of this episode. Okay. I have never owned this album in my life on in any format, except for now. I own the purple vinyl, (laughs) the purple vinyl of the final countdown. I'll explain why at the end of the episode later on, but this is the first time I've ever owned it. This is actually the first time I have ever heard the non-single songs. So other than the singles that everybody knows that we're going to get into, I have never heard a single other song on this album, except for 30 days ago when Sonny picked this after the fair warning episode. So does that re- re-release have the three live songs on it? it on the vinyl, no, but on oh. Spotify, it does. On Spotify, right. the, the, the the streaming version has the live the live tracks, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Zeus. All right. So
0: uh, I don't know why you said uh, this came out before you guys. I remember exactly when this thing came out. Yeah, it was 86, 17th yeah. grade. Yeah. yeah, I remember. It. I got it then. Okay. I bought their next album. It had that song Superstitious, I
4: think. Yeah. Like that. Yes, I remember that People one too. Walk so I had that in that room. Yep. follow.
0: Oh, oh god.
1: No one asked
0: for it. <laughs> 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 if I'm
1: calling my name, oh, I'll god. be there. Stop it. And if the mirror should rain, Oh god.
0: <laughs> All right, on that note. But I remember <laughs> this when it came out. I yep. and the final countdown and seeing the video and then just being like I don't know. Am I supposed to like this? They're moving around and acting like this is hard rock metal, but this I'm like, I don't know if this is pop. Like, I don't know what this is because they're acting like it's metal, but they don't look like it. And it's just, it was confusing me, but I could not deny it. I mean, like most people, you might be an annoying, but you, you fall for it and then yeah. you know rock the night comes out and I by that point I already had the album and I knew this album inside and out go to college throw this and everything else that's in the trash to- <laughs> away uh sunny comes back and picks this I get the album again I get it on CD and mine has bonus tracks of oh, okay final countdown danger on the track live carry live Something called Seven Doors Hotel, mm-hmm. uh Rock the Night Remix and On Broken Wings B-Side. So it has all those on this CD in the mm-hmm. remastered version of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, as soon as I played this album for the first time since Sonny picked it, I remembered every single song on it. Yeah. I used to play this a lot when, yeah. you know, back in middle school and junior junior high and uh, high school and stuff. So I know the album inside and out. Um, so the fact that he picked this made this an easy review for me. So I'm, I'm yeah. ready to go about this whenever, but before yeah. we do
2: that, we got to get into the album cover. Yeah. Real quick. Just one more thing before we get into the album cover. So I, I'm, I have the least experience and exposure with this album than you guys. Cause I, I, I like I said, I've never owned it in my life and I only knew the singles, and I we grew up in this, I loved hair metal and ate glam metal and everything, and I just it's just not a band that I ever went to, just because at that time, I mean I liked cheese but for some reason at that time, this was like extra sauce and cheese, and I was like <laughs> I can't, but listening to it freaking 40 years later or whatever one of the first things I noticed is like this is almost like and it's funny, Sunny. when I was listening to you do like the history of the band, I'm like and that's and if you don't know the band that you're talking about, you're like, wow, okay, look at look at their influence. This to me, and I know this is gonna sound like an insult, it probably is. It sounds like it's like AI generated '80s rock, where it's like, okay, we're gonna take Dawkin and we're gonna take a little bit of Lover Boy and a little bit of Journey, and then we're gonna take some Rainbow and White Snake, and then we're gonna give you these guys. And I will just say as a little bit of a teaser they pull it off. So we'll
1: get into the album cover now. That's all I wanted to say, Sonny. All right. So the album cover. (laughs) So if you've ever seen Superman two, this is the phantom zone with general Zod. Now (laughs) Superman two comes out five years earlier than this. So let me tell you why we ended up where we are. So they hired this guy called uh, named Les cats to make the cover art. He refuses to start drawing. Until all the songs were recorded, so you get the feel for whatever he was drawing. They were so the release of the album was late. They were already on tour before they even saw the album art. And yep. before the album even got released. They see the cover, they're like, What the fuck? <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> right. So <laughs> nobody was happy. They were just happy they were on Epic. They were happy they were in the they were gonna be in the US. But my guess is this album cover completely haunted the band members for the rest of their lives. Now, if you're seeing the cover, just so everybody's kind of seeing the same thing, that's Joey Tempest on top. you got John Norum on the right. John Levin is on the left. Mick McKaylee is below Levin. Ian Hoglin is on Mick's left. The guy below Ian, I'm assuming, could be Kevin Nelson, the girl in the mirror piece. Below that, maybe Carrie, maybe? Mm -hmm, Um, I'm thinking the nuclear waste green is supposed to kind of, you know, mimic the end of the world and, you know, the final countdown. Not sure about that. I like the logo. I like the colors that pop. I absolutely hate this fucking album cover because this basically turns off everybody that is not a cartoon fan. And I don't think that's what Europe wanted. And if you see the inside sleeve, right? And you got Duran Duran look good looking guys with long hair types. You should just use that. Like, why the hell did you use this? Right? So it's too bad. It's unfortunate. And it's given this album a bad name. If you never want to give it a shot, that's, that's the problem with the cover. Okay. I am going to, I
2: totally get what you're saying. And I am going to 100% disagree I fucking, I love this cover. I love the artwork. I love the colors. I love, I, I think it's, I think it pops. I think it really, especially in the age of vinyl, this, this pulls eyes. This is, this is it's like a kiss cover. It, I mean, it's like destroyer or something. It's like, it's, it's that kind of powerful, colorful artwork. I mean, yeah. It look, I mean, for the right now, looking at it in 2024, I'd be like, ah, oh, what were you guys doing? But I think the the artwork of the Europe logo itself and then all the colors, the purples, the blues, the silvers, the earth, like the dynamics of, of everything, I think is fantastic. I think the back cover is looks like something from like Duran Duran or like the Human League or something like that, or like that, like that little star, or whatever, a little triangle. And then to comment on what you said with the inside sleeve, if you put this up. This literally looks like every single 80s hairband group photo I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. every that you this is the most indistinguishable group photo you've ever I've ever seen in my entire life. Almost every hairband we've seen. Oh, that one Zeus is holding (laughs) up the CD. That's different. I'm holding yeah. up the vinyl right now. Yeah, that's it. on the back. Okay, so you have the yeah. back. Okay, so I don't so have that. You don't have this at all? I don't, ha- I don't have. No, no that, that Dude, looks like a... look at this fucking photo. Dude, that looks like a <laughs> Sears Portrait Studio family photo. That's what that looks like right there. This is horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the one that I'm talking about the one that's on the back of your CD is on the yeah. inner sleeve of the vinyl. Yeah, that's the one. And it's a good pick.
1: You're right. It's generic,
2: but it is a good pick of them. It is. It is. But I uh, but I, I I just I love the artwork and I love the colors. I think it's really visually like I think it pulls you in if you're at a record store in 1986. All
0: right. Uh I I I'm almost speechless that you compared this to fucking Destroyer
2: cover. I comp- I'm comparing it in the aspects of a comic strip with 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 oh. popping colors. I'm not. That's all I'm so saying. You I'm might just... like the
0: colors, but these fucking cartoon drawings of these idiots.
3: Yeah, that's it's all I'm fucking
0: saying. Fucking horrendous. Oh, it is. It, 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 it a fucking stupid cover I'm with Sonny if I'm on tour and we're getting traction and we're doing shit the final countdown could be like a fucking rocket ship leaving the earth or something blown up and I see this fucking stupidity I'm like what the fuck I love it yeah. <laughs> I'm with Sonny on it it's fucking goofy
2: it,
0: it is it goofy fucking- but it's because- also 1986
3: <laughs>
2: Look how feathered their hair is. <laughs> what's better? What's worse? This or look what the cat dragged in? Oh, it's but it's comparable. You know later. I'll let you know later. Good, that's fair because we did look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> yes,
0: but I'm just saying it's just it's like that. It's very comparable. Like if you put those album covers up and you go up to like Megadeth or Metallica and you're like, and the CD drops out. Oh, what do you got there? Oops. <laughs> like, yeah, but then, but, the then but, but then, but
2: but they're not. But then, I don't know. I like it. I th- I'm thinking <laughs> I mean, of seriously th- I'm you, thinking of the time.
0: I think it's great. If you have like, if you seriously, there's a buddy and he's got like. Metal Church and Master of Puppets. And all of a sudden, you drop
2: this. Okay, let me ask you this. And and you think the album?
0: <laughs> look at what the cat going to be like, co- what you, the
2: fuck? You think the album cover is going to sabotage your friendship with a kid who <laughs> listens to Metal Church? If he finds out that you listen to Europe, period, on a blank cassette, uh, he's going to put your head I'm to just, the wall. I'm just saying, like, just look
0: at the image like you're hanging out with fucking... Dave Mustaine, Scottie, and oops, this drops out. What do you got there from the store?
2: Oh, I got this album. Yeah, but you're looking at it through the lens of not, not, it's 1986. Back then, we didn't know any better,
1: and we thought this was cool. I I can't believe we're talking about Metal Church. I never thought this was cool. Can any of the three of us even (laughs) name one Metal Church
2: song? I can't. Badlands. 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 I don't know any songs by Metal Church. That's a great, that's the one. I don't know any. That's the one song I know. It's fucking awesome. But other than that, well, I'll let you know next time I pick a metal church <laughs> album. <laughs> oh, anyways, God. All right, right so I love the, the album cover. cover, and you guys don't. There we go. Done.
0: No, silly. All right, let's go to the album facts. So the album came out May thirtieth, nineteen eighty-six. Right in the middle of eighty-six. Produced by Kevin Elson. The album made it all the way up to number eight in U.S. Billboard two hundred. It's three times platinum. Does Kiss have any three times platinum certified albums?
1: Not certified, but if they got them recertified, they probably do. Yeah. But if these guys got it recertified, it's probably 5X now. But yeah. just think
2: about it. Like, this is yeah. probably bigger than any fucking Kiss on record yeah. album. Well, yeah, this was bigger than any Kiss album of the 80s. Yeah. This is big. This was Kiss never had an album like that. I know, but I'm saying album. actually certified. Oh, certified. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, like, even this is sold more than alive.
2: Yikes. Uh, well, <laughs> Yikes. yeah. I th- according to the actual stats, yeah. But like, yeah. We, like we say, if we recertified, I really hope this didn't sell more than alive. Yeah.
0: This is the uh, third studio album by Europe. It's it the is? First- yep.
1: Yeah. No, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, had- they had more than one album? <laughs> <laughs> it's their first album featuring keyboardist Mick. McKaylee, Al Michaels, whatever Still the fuck his name is. Itar oh, Uh dr- And drummer that. Ian
2: Hogland.
0: <laughs> is that his name?
2: It's yes. also his favorite
1: movie, Hogland. <laughs> Here's the crazy part. Uh-oh. These aren't their real names. These are the names they picked. They're real oh, names yeah, you couldn't yeah. pronounce. Are you serious? Dead serious. Like, I'm going to be called
2: the Hogland. Serious. So instead of Ricky Rocket, he went with Ian Hogland.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. It's <laughs> um, it the last to feature John Norm until 2004. Uh, and it, and then he got replaced by that guy, Key Marcello. And uh, I guess this, move, this song had eight of ten songs on the movie Hot Rod, which was, I think, that uh, – Andy Sandberg
2: yeah movie
0: yeah yep yep uh, that's all i got on this anybody else want to add anything before we uh get into
1: the tracks so one thing before we get to the songs um Zeus mentioned it topped out at number 8 it topped out at number 8 the album did 10 months after it was released right which is a little bit unheard of that's too long normally yeah. by that time the band's already making another album and they gave up right true the seven, it could not beat on that day. You're going to love the mix of these albums on the Billboard 200. Number seven, Life, Love, and Pain by Club Nouveau. Oh, dear God. Never heard number of it. Number six, you. Control they sing Lean on Jan- me. Yeah. Control by Janet Jackson was number Control.
0: six. Control! <laughs> she got out of the car looking like Janet. Looking like more like Freddie Jackson.
1: Control! <laughs> right. um, Invisible Touch by Genesis. OK, oh, it's number five Graceland by Paul Simon, number four Horrible. the way it is. Bruce Hornby in the range. Number Horrible. three, slippery, wind, wet Bon Jovi. Number two, license the ill beastie boys oh, is number one that day. There you go, baby. Now you're talking. All right. There you go. No, I was just going to say,
2: like, this is, you know. I think the problem for me, my, my reaction is like, when you say Europe, you're like, Oh yeah. Then you just play like the little keyboard riff in your head. Like I, I guess it's a good and a bad problem to have when you're this band, because they have one of the most recognizable sounds and songs, which is ironic. Cause on our recent dorm damage episode, the list that we reviewed had the final countdown <laughs> as one of the most irritating pop songs. Um, But to have like, five singles total four in the us Love Chaser was only released as a japan single that's pretty amazing and and I think even if you don't know Europe like the back of your hand or even if you didn't own this album you know these songs you know the final countdown in Rock the night and Carry in Cherokee and that's I mean that's that there's something to be said about having that kind of longevity and that popularity for a band like this I think
0: Six eight six what <laughs> I don't fucking know. All right. All right. Um let's get to the first song. I think we all know it. Uh here it is.
1: title track the final countdown so you kind of get this anthemic sci-fi movie intro set in the mood uh, then kind of the synth line comes in so what the story is around this is that main keyboard lick is actually written by Joey Tempest because he started out as a piano player it was written three years before this album was even released for a discotheque in Stockholm called the galaxy. So they came to Joey asked them to write a theme music. So the galaxy used this every night as kind of their opening the doors and people come in to dance kind of thing. Nobody had heard it in the band. Levin and Joey are at that club one night. Levin hears it and goes, the hell is that? Joey goes, I wrote that. He goes, we should make that into a song. You wrote that. And that's kind of how the song came out. The lyrics is are inspired by David Bowie's "Space Oddity." Whatever, um, people of Earth are departing for Venus. Okay, so you got to keep remembering these guys are Swedish. So when it translates to English, it doesn't it, it doesn't translate always perfectly. And I think Joey. Doesn't always realize what he's singing about because Venus is 460 degrees above Celsius. So there's nobody leaving the Earth going to Venus. Okay? But I guess it doesn't matter much. Um, in the song, the whole backing vocal, leaving ground, nice earworm, insanely catchy chorus, even though there's not much to it. The guitar solo is perfect to complement the song. You can immediately tell that Noram uh, is heavily influenced by the Blackmore and the Invades of the world. John Norum absolutely hated this as a single. He's like, we are fucked if we release this because nobody's going to take us seriously as a rock band. And then, of course, you know, people didn't. Now, people have seen the Geico commercial probably that this came out on. It was one <laughs> of the first Geico commercials that had a rock song connected to it yep. as the burritos cooking in the microwave. Yep. And uh, the listeners is going to hate this, but, uh, you know, just clip this for future use. So, Kevin, go ahead and uh, you can clip this right now. The song, The Final Countdown, is better than Mean Street as an opening song to an album. Yes, I said it. Deal with it. Fuck you. All right. There you go. Okay. okay. All right. All right. I'm not going to fight you on that, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, again,
2: for me, when you get past the synth riff and the song kind of settles in, and I think this kind of can apply to a lot of the songs on this album, as, as or at least for me as we progress through the album, it's a fucking great song. I mean, it's a great song. It, it rocks if you can kind of separate yourself. The The keyboards are so overpowering and so overbearing. That's why John Norm really didn't even like the album for a lot of it because he's like, what the fuck, dude? But I, I tell you right now, Joey's voice, I fucking, I love it. It reminds me almost of like a Don Dokken type of voice. Very like smooth and soulful, not raspy, not a howl, not a growl. Very, very smooth. And regardless of whatever the fuck he's singing about, he, he makes you think that he belie- it's very important what Joey Tempest is saying right now, when he, whenever he sings these songs. And I think the production is fantastic. The band sounds great. And John Norm, another guy that we covered Zeus on Dorm Damage, we did an episode on underrated guitarists from like the hair metal era. And at the time of that episode, I, again, I wasn't familiar with Europe. I didn't even know who John Norm was. I'll be completely honest. I'm going to mention his name more than once throughout this album. Fucking solo on this thing rips, and it, it, it's a double-edged sword because they're known for this song, but they're known for that synth riff. And there's, to me, there's a lot more in this song than just that. In in the chorus and everything, I think it's I think it's a really well made song. Production is great.
0: The final countdown is written by Joey Tempest. He wrote all the songs on the album except for, I believe, one which you co-wrote with the keyboardist, Al Michaels, Mick McCauley, which was Carrie. Uh, first single, number 18 on album rock tracks, number eight on U.S. Billboard. Blender says it's the 27th worst song ever. Oh, Each one has the number 66 best hard rock song. Um, it, uh you know, the, Sonny mentioned the band. Um, uh, the guitarist not liking this. Uh, the uh, Tempest and the record company want this the first single. The band was fighting them on it. Uh, meant to be written as the opener to concerts. Uh, Tempest says that it has a little gallopy theme, like Iron Maiden. It's played at a bunch of sporting events. You always hear it at at a game or something like that. It's the it's been in. Uh, commercials, as you said, it's been in documentaries. There was a documentary about that Greek team that won the Euro Basketball League in 1987. I think Greece is still celebrating the streets because they won one fucking basketball tournament in 1987. <laughs> I still think they do like fucking annual celebrations to that. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh the wrestler Brian Danielson used to come out to that in Ring of Honor and AEW. Sometimes he comes out to the song. And if you can hear it, especially in the solo. That is a very Richie Blackmore. Yep. Clean. Yngwie. Like Mm -hmm. it is. It is. But it's melodic. Yngwie. It's fucking melodic. It works perfectly in this song. Go to the guitar solo. Beautiful melodic solo right back into the song. Uh, Tom has kind of hit the nail on the head here. Say what you want. You can't get the song out of your head. Mm -hmm. The vocals work. He's got a great voice. Uh, I don't know if I like it better than Bon Jovi's. I think there's, I like what they do. Each of them. I don't think Bon Jovi is singing final countdown. I don't think he's singing uh, dead or alive or living on prayer. They each have good voices. One works for the other. uh, And he's got a great voice. The band works, even the the cheesy intro solo. And then all of a sudden the band picks up. Like, it 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 moves. It works. Yeah, yeah, totally. This band has almost as much swaying in it as any band has in their music. And and, and if you know what I mean, Tom, because I we always talk about this—the the part in the song where the both both guitars are swaying back and totally—it's it, it, that that part like in that time of year, Vinnie Vincent. Yep that tempo the tempo style yeah, of song and, both, and everyone guitarist is swaying mm-hmm. this has the most swayable fucking song yep. of all time and now let's get to the video so it's got like some sort of like a drone video flying over mountains and it looks like a rocket ship's taking off and they're talking about all this stuff and then like it goes to the concert and then there's a close up of Joey Tempest who looks like a live fucking elf he looks like a fucking elf he looks like Theon Greyjoy from Game of Thrones with a wig on from the '80s. He's a weird-looking guy, and there's a lot of teeth. He's Swedish, and and there's a lot of makeup on in oh. him in this video. A lot he, of rouge and other shit on him.
2: He right? looks very, very feminine. Yeah, like he looks like, like he, he looks up. like a he, yeah, he looks like a like a pretty woman. Like he like he look he, he looks like I said it earlier when we talked about the album cover and the sleeve photo. He looks like an AI generated hair metal frontman. Yeah, he got all tarted up for this video. Yeah, and I, I, uh, he's a yeah. better version of Lizzie Borden.
0: That's what oh, he looks he's like. he's way better than Lizzie <laughs> way Borden. Way no, but he's a better looking.
2: Yeah, Lizzie yeah. Borden. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. the look. But his look- style. But but even like his general facial features, his hair, his skin tone, his outfit. He looks like you could you could run off about four or five different hair metal guys. He looks like a combination of all of them. Yeah, but he also looks like a fucking elf.
0: Okay. I, I don't. I, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's the Swedish in him. The fucking okay. no. The Nordic features of his face. Yeah. He looks like a fucking elf. The yeah. swaying in the video. The uh, the makeup, uh, the uh, Don Johnson fucking Miami Vice suits that they're wearing. Yeah. Um, the keyboard guy looks like who's the guitarist from Quiet Riot? Oh, Carlos Cavazo. Yeah, he looks that, just
2: like him. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> not a handsome. That, that's why he's buried in the back, surrounded by a brick wall of keyboards. Nobody wants to see his face. Yeah,
0: and the other aspect of this, as I said, is like they're acting and moving, and the yeah. crowd is pumping their fists. Like, this is the, the, the most Iron Maiden concert you've ever seen. But yeah. then you're listening to the keyboard, and you're like, wait a minute, this isn't really heavy metal, but
5: they're all like, yeah! Mm-hmm.
2: It just didn't fit. I don't
1: know. No, you're, you're totally right. <clears throat> so, alright, so, comment on a couple things. One is, it kind of feels like this, they're the most rocking band on the planet doesn't fit. You got to remember, they're in Sweden. They're yep. in a Sweden club. Yep. And to Sweden, this is the most rocking band they've ever heard because <laughs> they true. don't have any rock bands. Right. right. <laughs> right? So this is it. The AI generated thing. That's on purpose. Joey will tell you himself. He's watching what's going on in the music scene. And he's like, we can be a part of all of that. And I can write that and sell it. And we're pretty good looking guys. We can do all of that. We should do all of that. So he, and he's never hid on that. He's never said, I'm not trying to do that. Even in this video, you got Norm's kind of playing this in base strat. You got Joey with a lip gloss. He's got a white jacket, a black jacket, a red jacket. He's spinning the mic stand, like Coverdale, the ooze, right? There's a lot of hair flipping, you know, you got people jumping up and down. I'm telling you, they were on the cruise in 2015. Yep. Dude, when they came on stage, the fucking boat was rocking because people were jumping up and yeah. down. Nice. Like they just they don't play that much in front of an American crowd anymore. Yeah. So when they came out, people love these guys. Nice. And then that whole 54321 at the end, obviously is supposed to mimic kind of the end of the world, except for they didn't do the big, you know, the uh White House blowing up and Independence Day or anything like that. Yeah. Like they didn't do that kind of shit. But uh and John Norm is in this video, and I think this is the only video he's in.
4: He is because
1: afterwards yep. they made the other video. So uh, you know, for if you're supposed to, if the whole point for MTV was, hey, come see us live because this is kind of what we are live. I think it works. I agree. I think it totally works, hey, especially for this, especially for
0: 86. Great point. It's one of those, like, it reminds me of Kiss. Act like you're this big stars. Put up the fucking flyers. Exactly. Make everybody think. Of- when yeah. I saw this video, I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? How are they so huge? And I never heard of them. Same yep. thing with poison. When they did talk dirty to me, they were so outrageous exactly. so yep. in your face. You're like, well, these guys must be huge. Who the fuck is this? That's exactly. Mm-hmm. They sold it. They, you think that there is, and then you start believing it. And then they, the crowd believes it. And then the fans believe it. And people buy into the hype. Good for them. All right. Yep. Let's go to number
3: two.
1: Rock the Night. All right, so this song was originally re- released as a single before the album ever got released because it's on a soundtrack of a Swedish film called On the Loose. I like the guitar riff in the beginning. I like the guitar's starts and stops in the verses. You got to remember, Tempest is writing all this stuff, so he's kind of got it in his head. You need to pay attention to the vocal melody when it's vocal melody's time, right? So that's why he kind of does that start-stop. I love all the drum accents going during the vocal. I like the whoa, whoa, yeah. You know, it's hey, it works. About two fifteen, you get this call and response between Joey and Norm's guitar, which is cool, and then into another blistering guitar solo. Remember, they were trying to set, they were trying to write songs that were simple enough to connect with a mass audience, especially teenagers and women. Right, that's what they're out to do. Um, so to me, I get it. It's cheese. This ain't this is past cheese. This is cheese in a can. Okay. This is the spreadable cheese that you put on chicken and a biscuit. Cheese, I ways, love, baby. I love that fucking cheese on yep. chicken. And of course biscuit, you do. Right? It yeah. works when it tastes good. To me, it's another catchy song. And this time the guitar is kind of driving the melody instead of the keyboard driving the melody. I love this song. I couldn't agree with you more. It's such a,
2: it's such a cliche time. It's like rock the night. Oh yes. Our American fans will like that. Rock the night. Oh, oh, they're right. And you're right. The key, the keyboards are a little, the keyboards are a little more. It's a nice change from the final countdown with, in terms of the keys, I think, and I will say this now, and it applies to almost every song here. And I can't believe I'm saying this. These songs are really, really well-constructed. In terms of the bridges that go into the chorus, with the hooks and the melodies, they're catchy. They're ear—you could almost play this album in your head without even having to listen to it right now. And I mean, you got to give a band credit for that. But I think this is so so anthemic, so catchy. I mean, they even do the, the the little breakdown where it's like the stomping and the clap, you know, like the White Snake. You you know, the Bon Jovi. You give love a bad name segment. Another incredible solo. Norm is on fucking fire on this album, but super hooky, super melodic. But that bridge into the main chorus, I think, is fantastic on the song. This, I've always liked this song. This one has always stood out for me.
0: All right. Rock the Night, Joey Tempest, writer, number 30 in U.S., it was their second international single. Um, I, I've, um, I know this was re-recorded. I didn't listen to the first version of this song.
1: Have you, Sonny? I have. It's not as it's not as good and not as catchy because, like I said, those first two albums, they're a little all over the place. Like, if you combine the first two albums, you maybe get three songs that even sound like anything on this album.
2: Okay.
3: All right. Yep.
1: So uh, I remember
0: this as the second, the follow-up to final countdown And i and i and i already had had the album so i knew that they picked this as a single and it made sense it is i don't know uh you know a good example is tom the you had said something about it it's like oh rock the night that's what the americans are like it's yeah. like that family guy episode where he's <laughs> trying to um uh, what's his name? Um, where Peter is like trying to figure out which one is the uh, dry cleaner he needs to go to. Yeah, and oh. it's the Chinese place has the Americans the best. John Wayne, this is yes, that, like, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, oh, they like this side, uh, and that's what the that's what this title is. Oh, <laughs> let's say Rock of the Night. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Um, but it is very catchy. And it is uh, a well written song. The vocals are great. The beat is great. The guitar is fantastic.
2: How do you not like it? And if you don't like it, it's because you're fighting it. I agree. That, I was just going to say if you're not enjoying this album, it's like you're taking your ball and going home. I can't, li- I can't it's Europe. Yeah. I can't like this. It's this. It's the fucking cover. Hey, st- the cover's <laughs> awesome. What's the matter with you? Fucking horrendous. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Please, speaking of horrendous, can we please get to the video?
0: <laughs> please. So, the video is shot at the Hard Rock in Stockholm. I've been waiting a month to talk about this video. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, I'll add the part that I remembered seeing the new guitarist, right, and just being like, "Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. Wh- wh- what is the guitarist? Who's the guy that was in the fucking." Other video, I'm like, wait a minute, maybe that's not the guitarist. But then he would fucking like mime the guitar playing like uh, separate ways in Journey. And I'm like, that has oh. to be the guitar player. But I'm yeah. like, that doesn't look like him. Yep. I, it, it threw me off. But go ahead. I know you're chomping at the bits to get to this. So go ahead.
2: Look, first of all, I'm going to say it's a fucking great video. It's so bad and terrible and cheesy. The band goes into a hard rock cafe and they hear their song like they see them like and then they grab a booth in the next 90 seconds is some of the most cringe <laughs> video shit you've when joey tempest starts singing into a fucking ketchup <laughs> bottle and the waitress comes over with a <laughs> microphone on the
0: tray and like no, no no you might want to use this buddy And they're all sitting there looking at the menu,
2: and they're like, what do you want? And they're all, like, looking at the menu, like, they're trying to decide what they want. (laughs) I'll have the quesadilla. Oh, my God. But then it turns into the whole crowd at the restaurant is singing. It's a cheesy, ridiculous video, but it does its job. It's It's very European,
0: isn't it? With, like, the crowd and everybody's in. Nobody's like, dude, this is so fucking stupid. (laughs)
1: I, 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 I thought it was, I thought it was so entertaining. And think about this. It was clean. Yeah. Right. You could have made that same video as in excess did in yep. a CD club with a bunch of dildos and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. And he's <laughs> yeah, That's right? true. Yeah. But that's not who they want to be. Right. Because right. they already see that on TV going, we don't want to do that. Yep. We're clean cut European Swedish kids. Yep. Right. Yep. So. Now, what's interesting is the video ends with Joey jumping in the crowd. I swear to God, I think he hit the floor.
3: Oh, yeah, he looked like everybody. Yeah, he looked like it parted. It was
2: like like Bob Dole
3: falling off the stage.
0: (laughs) But this video had a lot of teeth and a lot of blondes. And you couldn't tell who was the girls, who was the guys, just a million Europeans. You couldn't tell who was in the band and who was like a customer at the Hard Rock. Dude, (laughs) when that guitarist, I don't know if they're fucking fake playing on on forks, or like what what, he was doing.
2: doing. He's drumming with the utensils. (laughs) Yeah. It was just just
0: like air guitar (laughs) stupid shit. I'm telling (laughs) you. But the one thing I want to add is yeah. I think, I think you kind of hinted at this, Tom. Whatever they're doing, and it was in that fucking article that we read about the most annoying songs. Yeah. Joey Tempest is so 100% committed and devoted yes. to yes. whatever he, yeah. It could be the stupidest lyric, silliest fucking video. And he's just, yeah, like in like a theater group in high school or something, like really acting what, it
2: out. Dude, what, the fact that he could make Singing into a ketchup bottle <laughs> yeah. looks serious.
0: Wait, just like, here you go, fucking take the microphone. Oh, is this on? Yeah. And then I will I'll take an awesome blossom while you're at it. Like- <laughs> oh, okay. Man, that was over- good. Oh, we got another one more video that's just as bad coming up. I know. All right. Let's, we're only on song three. Here we go.
1: Carrie. So Joey saw the movie Carrie. Like the name of the song, uh, like the sound of the name, wrote the whole song, including the lyrics. the rehearsal one night. The reason Mick gets a co-write is Mick didn't love the original keyboard melody, so he came back and rewrote the keyboard melody. Uh, song got to number three in the Billboard Hot 100. The two songs that could not beat that day. uh Oh, number two, you got the look by Prince. Bruce oh, Sheena I, Easton. I, Oh, I love that yes. song. so good. Oh. And number one, that day was Lost in Emotion by Lisa Lisa. Oh, another
2: smoking hair. hot chick with a huge rack. Oh, <laughs> oh she was right. fat yeah. like a fire oh, hydrant. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, she was built, built like a little fire hydrant. <laughs> there. A little br- shit brick. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, so you get a keyboard ballad that fit the mid-'80s perfectly with a pretty boy singing it. I love the backing vocals. They're so huge in this song. They're almost gospel-esque. Um, Now, whatever you think about Joey, as a front man, as a hetero male, whatever, you can't deny he sings the fuck out of this song. And there's not a lot of singers at that time that could have done it any better. Norm does a great job of the solo, no Vinnie Vincent shit. So... Here's the thing with Norm. Late in the 86 comes. Everybody knows he's leaving. He knows Carrie is about to get released as a single. He's like, fuck this. I hate the mix. I hate the image. I hate the poodle haircuts. We're not making any money because the fucking uh, thing we signed, 100 pages, that's all fucked up. I can't get any of my songs on the record because Joey's writing everything, and now this fucking ballad's going to define us. I'm done. So that's why you get Key Marcello to begin with, and Key is yeah. in the Carrie video. Now, I love the song. But again, in the sweetest translation of whatever you're singing about, I would never, as a woman is leaving the house, say, thing may change, my friend. I might say... Get the fuck out of here, you bitch, or just let you know before honey, you leave, I did your fucking sister, or bitch, you better leave my James Brown tape or something like that. But I would bitch never better say, have
0: my money, dude. What? I would the never fuck, say, Sonny? That's you a...
1: may change, my friend. You're aggressive, like, never, Sonny.
0: Settle down. Jesus, you like that? I did your
1: sister. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to <laughs> choke a bitch out like Wayne Brady. <laughs> uh, in the end, a wonderful, amazing. 80s ballad.
2: God. You know, this again falls under the reasons why I hate Sonny Pooney segment. How are you getting me to like this album? <laughs> <laughs>
0: because You're you right. have an open mind.
2: Yeah, maybe that's it.
0: Maybe Sunny should but, try it.
2: Ooh, Oh, yeah. Reverse yeah. psychology. You know what? This song is the definition. We keep talking about cheese. This is... <laughs> Velveeta <laughs> mac and cheese with an extra side of cheese whiz, We're
3: and I out love of cheese
2: it. adjectives. And, <laughs> and, 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 and it's too much cheese. We're all gonna yeah. be bound up.
5: Oh, what is it, this? That's cheese. What is it, this? That's cheese. And this? What is this? Cheese also. And what is this one? That's cheese. This one over here? What is it? Cheese. And uh, this? That's cheese. And uh, this? Cheese. And this? Cheese. And what that is this? Is that a coffee? Cheese. Is this a rice? That's cheese also. And this is a rice? That's cheese also. And what that is this? That's cheese. And what is this? That That's cheese. And what is this? Evet. Cheese also. And this one here is a rice? That's cheese. And this is his? cheese. And what that is this? That's cheese. And what does
2: oh, this I I love it. It's it's a perfect fucking ballad. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. It is tailor-made for this generation for 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 the 80 86 87. It's tailor-made for like a school dance, you know, or like a prom. It's got that that melody, the the big sweeping chorus and your Joey's vocals again. He is I'm picking up what he's putting down. He he he's crushing it on this one here. And you're right, poor John Norm. He's like, what the fuck, dude? Do you realize what I can do with a guitar? What are we doing here? Yep. Yeah, but I, but it's, it does its job. It's a killer ballad.
0: Congratulations. You can play guitar great. You'll be in the fucking corner. Or do you want to make money? Exactly. That's what probably Tempest is telling him. Yeah. Um, Carrie is the only song written with somebody else. So it's Joey Tempest in, in the keyboardist says Tommy, men- uh, as Sonny had mentioned, Mick McCallie. Third single internationally. Went to number three. Uh, number 35 on album tracks, 36 on adult contemporary charts. Uh, it is the highest charted song ever by Europe. Uh, the earliest version had just keyboards and vocals, but I like that the band jumps in on this. Now there's a, a little bit, and the guitar is nice. There's a nice little solo here. It's It's a good song. Thankfully, it's not a song title of a woman that, whose name is stupid,
3: you know, like Shandy,
0: needs- <laughs> yes, <laughs> like Shandy, something <laughs> stupid like that. It, it's it's nice. It works. It's it's not a ballad that you're like oh this is so fucking I don't want to hear this. It's not I don't want to miss a thing. It's Ugh, not annoying oh. like that, right? You may not fucking be in love with it. It may not move you, but you'll listen to it. You'll be like oh this is pleasant. It's yeah. nice because the vocals work and the melody works and the band plays good. There's a video, a lot of '80s clothes. It's an '80s type performance video. Uh, a lot of uh, band members look like the guy that used to run. Um, what was it Headbangers Ball? Ricky Adam Adam, oh, Adam Curry Adam Curry
1: Adam Remember? Curry, yeah. Adam <laughs> <Yeah>. Curry <laughs> that just did not tie. look metal.
0: Yeah, yeah. It did not look metal. Excuse me, and he had the like the but the yeah. metal hairdo. Yep, he just looked like a wimp in a yep. metal hairdo. Yep, uh, at the two twenty four mark. Remember we talked about Joey Tempest just being too serious? He does a spinorama
3: oh yeah, yeah,
0: and he does like a fucking school chorus fucking move. It is so over-the-top cheesy. I 224 mark. Go check it out. He is
1: is very, very serious about this song. (laughs) It's like he can't stand still and it's getting to him and it's getting to him and the spin just kind of came out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: the spin is just. He, horrendous he, he channeled his inner kip winger with that yeah.
0: spin. <laughs> it's almost as bad as the fucking aussie spin in oh. shout at the dark video do you ever see oh, that one yes, where aussie yes. tries to do a stage move it's like aussie oh, do not do that he does like a little spinorama move when he's wearing one of those fucking mrs roper fucking dresses that he has on the in that fucking moo <laughs> yeah, in that video yeah. oh it's horrendous but anyways this one is right up there yeah oh yeah
1: And they did the video well, right? You kind of see Mick starting on the piano and then the one spotlight on Joey. Like, good idea. Carrie was in the video for a second. She was cute. Key Marcello is not a handsome man. No, he looks
0: like a skinnier version of Mark St. John.
1: Which is not a good example, exactly. <laughs> which is not good.
0: He's got a fucking <laughs> beak that would make a pelican jealous.
2: <laughs> Even Noma Garcia Parra would be like, That's that guy's got a big fucking nose. <laughs>
0: He's got a big nose.
1: <laughs> He's got a big ass nose. Good lord. You said Garcia Parra. I just, I just in my head remembered the. The tapping of the toes. Oh, the, yeah. The, oh, the fucking glove thing. Took I'm him like, twenty oh minutes. God. 20 it minutes, minutes yeah, to 20 fucking minutes. get it back. Yep. Yeah. He's the reason they put that 40 fucking 32nd clock. On much, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. But
0: see, he did those tick moves. It's the other ones that, like, take one step back, look up. Like, yeah. At least with Nomar, you're like, oh, here comes the tick move. He's got to touch yeah. one glove. He's got to touch the other glove. Then he's got to tap his one foot, <laughs> then tap the other. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, Nomar and Mark St. John is not what you would be want to be described as in the looks department. <laughs>
1: no. It's yeah. a good video, though. It was on MTV constantly. Um, no doubt about the that. The chick
0: at the end when they put her face on the monitor, yeah, I yeah. can't tell if that's a band member or not.
1: No, it's not. <laughs>
0: They're, they all look like they all look like that.
2: It's the real-life version of the girl on the little digital baseball card on the album <laughs> cover that you guys see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he
0: needs to settle the fuck down. He's way, way too into the, the role he's playing. You
4: know? Very serious.
0: <laughs> Things may change, my this friend. This is a serious <laughs> band. And by the way, I forgot one other thing. What? Now, did he steal Bruce's banana guitar or did Bruce steal that guy's banana guitar?
1: Oh well, well, you don't see the banana guitar till eighty seven. So yeah. this is eighty six. That's right. Yeah. So
0: he had it first, right? Because that that yeah. that yellow guitar really yep. sticks out with yeah. Mark St. John there as
2: twin. <laughs> so have we? So you were just saying how we're, we've only made it through three songs. That's because have we I don't think we've ever done an album where the first three songs were all hits and had videos. I don't think that's ever happened oh, in that's ARC. Yeah, that's I don't
1: possible. think that's
2: ever happened in ARC history. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah. and three fucking unique
0: videos that need commentary.
2: Well, now we can get into the good stuff because we got what <laughs> we have one more fucking fantastic video to get to <laughs> oh, later, which I, I can't wait. But let's go. He's got the he's got the he's got, fuck. Yeah, he I knows can't. exactly because
0: I'm sure we all put that in our fucking comments Just what Sonny fucking. is doing right now. Oh, but okay. anyways, I can't. Before wait. we do that, we all need to be careful because there's danger on the track. Coming up. Danger. Oh. Wow.
1: the track danger oh um okay Song's got a lot of synth in it i kind of like the mix of the guitar riff and the synth even though the synth's a little loud i love the vocal melody i love the guitar fills and looting he's doing all over the song especially when it's transitioning from the choruses to the verses yes joey rhymes danger on the track with strangers on my back they're swedish give them a break um, we have talked about Norm hated the final mix of this record. He's like, the keyboard absolutely buried the rhythm guitar, and the only time you hear me is when I get a guitar solo on the, oh, this fucking album, you get a synth solo with it, right? Oh, so you fuck my guitar solo up, too. Um, to the song is so cheesy. I get it. And I like it. And people are going to hate this song so much, but then they're going to be pissed. When they catch themselves humming the fucking melody, when they're vacuuming or mowing the lawn or grocery shopping, and you're know, and you're not going to know that you're doing it.
2: That applies to every goddamn song on this album.
1: Yep. <laughs> every
2: fucking song on this album. And you're right. After the little bit of the intro here, when it gets into the actual groove, I'm like, again, Another fucking great little stomping mid-tempo groove. The song rocks. And that the sound of those keyboards that are in conjunction with the guitar, that is so deep purple rainbow shit right there. The way that it sounds just like it. And once again, another super catchy melodic bridge that goes into a stupid chorus that I can't get out of my head. (laughs) And then you're right. The, the, the keyboard solo, there's enough keyboard in the so you don't need a fucking keyboard solo. But then John Norm is like, get the fuck out of my way. I'm going to show you how it's done and just rips into another great solo. I mean, he, every solo that he's done so far, and he, in my opinion, he hasn't even gotten to the good ones yet. I, I think it's a great song. Again, I can't believe I'm saying this, but this it's a catchy, hooky, fucking good song, period. Uh, danger on the track, Joey Tempest.
0: The amount of settle downs I must have written for this fucking album review. Me too. For just the title track. Yeah. This is so European. Yeah. Like, what the fuck does "Danger on the Track" mean? It's fucking beyond. Like, oh, this I'm going to write song, American song. Danger on the track. <laughs> what? Oh, Americans, they like railroads. I better put "Danger on the Track." They'll get this, that. This "Danger on the Track." Dude, it is just so fucking terrible. I was, he was heading for the mountains. Of course he was. What? <laughs>
2: what? None of these lyrics make any sense they at can't, all. Yeah, they're so European.
0: Like, we talked about it when we review, When we talked about Final Countdown. Yeah. It doesn't translate. It's a nope. European. It's like early Scorpions writing or fucking Doro Pesh. It's just... Fucking out there that it doesn't translate to English.
2: Yeah. Google translates doing its best. (laughs) It ain't working.
0: They give up, they put their hands up. (laughs) Someone was waiting in the shadows of the night. Dude,
1: (laughs) and it just didn't feel right. You know, of course.
0: Right. Danger. (laughs) That that stays with (laughs) you. And it's like not that it's like you like it. It just, you can't get it out of your head. That's right. Uh, Tom, you're right. The pre-chorus is much better than the chorus. Yes. Uh, I still say what the, this band so far, when you hear this stuff, we did this in wrong order. We should have done this, then done Heat. Because Heat, I feel like, is a B version of this. Well, I don't know. Trying to copy this. To the max.
2: Well, to me, Joey Tempest, vocals, Joey Tempest vocals. Oh, Joey Tempest vocals are much better. Much be- I,
0: I, I, yeah, I like his voice better, but that yeah. guy on
2: Heat, has got incredible vocals. I will. You're right. He's got a great. He has a great voice. I just don't like that style of vocals because yeah, the 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 songs aren't as good. Well, but yeah.
0: I can see what they're doing yes. because it's this now. Like someone said, let's do an Europe type final countdown album now, yep. and that's yep. what it seems like when we did Heat. It's almost yep. we should have done them backwards so I'd be able to refresh myself from this. I'm like, oh Jesus, now I get what they're doing. There's a lot of key. this is, and I put the same thing. This is such White Snake, Deep Purple, Rainbow mm-hmm. keyboard, John Lord type of solo, totally. then into the guitar. All right, let's go to the last track on side one.
1: Okay, so Ninja's next. Um, I like the overall guitar melody. Uh, I like that we get a little bit of noodling from Norum before the vocal starts. I think this song would have made a great single. Um, I like the synth and guitar call and response uh, before the guitar solo. Um, and if if by now you can't admit that Norum can play guitar, then you're just you're just trying to fight it basically. Um, love the pace of the song. I've always liked the song. It's a great deeper cut. Now, there's a couple of things on the song that's a little bit interesting to me. One is, if I were a noble ancient knight, I'd stand by your side to rule the fight. I guess Joey doesn't realize a noble ancient knight and a ninja would never be together Thank unless you. it was a costume party. So or, or, I don't or a
2: Scooby-Doo episode.
1: Yeah, I don't <laughs> understand how they would be together. Yep. But the thing I can't stop doing And you guys, I get it that we're an audio podcast, but you're just going to have to follow me here. Ever since the first time I heard the song, and now it's, what, uh, what, 38 years ago? Right? Mm -hmm. 38 years. Mm -hmm. Every time the word hide comes and that kind of keyboard, right? For some reason, I can't stop doing the Mm -hmm. hide. Mm-hmm. Hi, right like i can't do, stop doing the hand thing like it's gotta like a hand's gotta come up there's no video i've never seen anybody do a hand but for some reason i can't stop doing the like the magician hand thing i don't know why yep. and uh goddamn damn this song is catchy
2: yeah no yeah no that this is we we've hit our first uh <laughs> speed bump here Musically, when the song starts musically, I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like an up, te- like an up tempo, like a fast song. Guitars are chugging, song is rocking, and then the lyrics. I, I, I just, I, can't. what the fuck are you doing, Europe? What, first of all, why is there no? Can you imagine how incredibly the, the? Can you just imagine what this video would have been like if they made a ninja video? Oh my God. It would have been amazing. The chorus sounds like it's from like a Broadway show. Like you said it when he says with you, there's no need to. And it's like, I'm like, what is ha-? like now again, the again, John Norm, unbelievable solo. He saves the song for me. Cause I think the song, first of all, I me, I don't think Europe excels with this type of tempo i think the really really fast stuff is and eh, not great for them but i think norm kind of saves it but i think this song is the the bridge going into the bridge is really cool again they can kind of crush it with the bridge i think the chorus is ridiculous i think the song itself is just silly and but I, i'm penalizing them on the lyrics but norm right. kind of norm saves it with a great with a great freaking solo
0: all right ninja Written by Joey Tempest. I like the guitar opening. Find me the treasure where the legend lies. Okay. What the fuck, dude? Ninja. Oh, what else is popular in America? Oh, ninja movies. Let's yeah. write that. Yep. Just
2: so, so
0: cringy 80s European shit. But I like it it's okay Ugh. musically vocally it's a good song ninja survive and then the background it, it's uh in dreams i walk by your song oh, <laughs>
3: what
0: it's <laughs> so what? bad it is so it's cheesy that terrible. it's good i, I don't know. I, I i don't mind it it's it's funny as all fuck but i don't mind it it's okay okay um Let's go to speaking of cheesy, let's go to the opening track on side two.
1: Cherokee. All right. So this was the last song written for the album. Uh, Joey had a fascination with Native American history. Uh, He must not have read too deep into it because Cherokees didn't use teepees and they weren't Plains Indians, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, At the beginning of the song, if you're wondering what's going on, what's being said. So that is drummer Ian Hogland Mm -hmm. saying Nusaka Vispiala, which means we're going to play now. That's what that means. Okay. Um, I like the drumming in the intro and the guitar synth riff. I love that. Like the start stop of the guitar and the verses again. And like I said before, Joey's kind of making you pay attention to the vocal melody. But to me, here's an example of a good chorus. That's not complicated. As long as you got the right singer, you got great backing vocals and you got the musical accents. Correct. Um. You know, if you hate all things Europe, then you probably missed on the choruses after the solo. So, right, the guitar solo happens and the choruses afterwards. There's little guitar worms that are happening after every time he says Cherokee. So they kind of change it up a little bit. I guarantee Norm did not like his guitar solo ending with that fucking synth musical interlude thing, taking the rock completely out of the middle of the song. I'm sure Norm hated that because he probably saw that as Broadway type of stuff. But I think, you know, Joey's got a little bit of that um, Freddie Mercury kind of like mm-hmm. just kind of overdo it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mercury was European, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they are what they are. I like the song overall. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the video, too.
2: Yeah, this is a song that that I, I know, you know, it was a single. It was very popular. I, I, it's a great song. It's just the lyrics again. I'm, I'm, uh, Ninja to me. I, the song is not that good, and the lyrics just sink it. Cherokee is a great song. Musically, it's a great song. The bridge, again, the chorus, the lyrics are just, like, painful. It's settled down with the white man's greed and the trail of tears. You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay, relax. Enough. It's fucking stupid. So much to bear. All that pain it left them in despair. Oh, White men are terrible. Okay. Anyways. Sonny, you said it perfectly. Norm has a beautiful melodic great solo. And then they just he just gets bitch slapped by this terrible <laughs> keyboard thing. Why? Why do they keep stepping on his dick with this keyboard in every song? It's I don't blame him for being like fuck you guys, I'm out. Like you are ruining this for me. Uh, It's a good song. It's just the lyrics are just laughable, just laughable, laughable lyrics. And you're right. They totally fucked up the the historical inaccuracy between
1: the lyrics and the video, which we'll get to, is just hilarious. And I'm giving them a pass on this, but normally I hate that shit that you know, you get these Canadian bands or European bands singing about our government. It's like, you don't yeah. fucking live here. Yeah. Stay yeah. yeah. That shit. Right. Right. You right. know what I mean? Right. right. So, and you don't, we don't sing about the queen. We don't yeah, give right. a fuck about the queen. That's <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> right. right.
0: right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Cherokee is written by Joey Tempest. It was the fourth single who made it to number 72. It was the last written song, for the album. Tom already mentioned it. White man's greed. Settle the fuck down. Okay. <laughs> the guitar is pretty good. The synth is just it's all right. What a but it's a fun riff. Da-na-na-na-ch. Da-na-na-na-ch. I, I like it. I, I think that's great. Uh let's go to the video. <laughs> is that a guitar solo that I just saw in
1: the video? You know, it is very hard to travel with a keyboard rig. It is very difficult, Don't especially in the planes. Do, do
2: you realize this is the second, at least the second, I might be wrong. Maybe you guys can help me. How many more fucking keytar bands do we have to do on <laughs> ARC? Oh, the next one I'm picking is one too. <laughs> <laughs> fucking the brutal. video is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it is. They are trying so hard to be serious. Like, oh, this is it was filmed not far from where Sergio Leone made uh, a fistful of dollars. Ooh, Oh, God. The beginning of the video, I think, is actually really cool with with Joey Tempest standing on the edge of the cliff there. Or the, like, it, it looks great. But then they start injecting the images of the Native Americans and kind of like their faded imagery up against the background and everything. I get it. It's it's the 80s. It's MTV. They're doing their job. But. It's
1: it's silly in, in retrospect. You want to talk silly. Okay. Yes. So in the video, there is no part of the video where the five heroes of this band yep. are doing any fighting. They no. don't kill anybody. No, nope. They don't do nothing. But they're on the mountain, yep. all five with their fists in the air, yep. like they are the saviors of what's going on but they didn't do shit. So what yeah. was that all about?
2: Yeah, it's like a Swedish version of like young guns. It's like, look at yeah. us, Like, but,
1: but they yeah. didn't do nothing.
2: Nope. Nope. It's beyond fucking
0: cheesy. Um, <laughs> you, you already mentioned it, Sonny. They got the whole a- historical aspect of the Cherokees wrong. They didn't live in teepees or in the desert. They were in the Appalachian mountains and lived in wooden huts or something. That's, th- Fucking synchronized fist pump in the ear! Oh my god, it has to be one of the worst fucking it's like it's- <laughs> worst video moments in Ever. ARC history. Yeah, I agree. We it's have bad. some. We have some great competition, and we could go back and and think about it. But this is in the fucking running. That was beyond cheesy. Superpower Europe go oh and everyone God. raised their fist. It's yep. fucking terrible. And you know, seeing this video is probably why the fucking Cherokee were marching away on the trail of tears. Like, yeah. look at our legacy. These fucking cheese balls are ruining it. <laughs> They're all crying, walking away. Um, just
2: it's bad.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. And then at the <laughs> end, the history the whatever the fucking historians doing their little surveying of the area.
5: Yeah. And he
2: sees Europe shadows on the mountain. My favorite part of the video is like the little ghost footprints <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the soil.
0: Ooh. One of them looked like Jerry's girlfriend, Indian girlfriend from Seinfeld.
2: Oh. Right? We smoke them peace pipe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jerry. <laughs> uh, it's a cigar store Indian. Come on. It's truth. kitschy. Dude, 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 dude. How into
2: this was Joey Tempest in this
0: oh, video? Oh, God. He, he, he's, <laughs>
2: he, he's like, he, I'm singing about a serious problem in American <laughs> history. You need to listen to me.
0: He is so committed to the act. <laughs>
2: That he's doing in this (laughs) fucking video
0: It's like it's a Broadway show called Cherokee (laughs) starring Joey Tempest
2: I love it Calm the fuck (laughs) down dude (laughs) We don't even And and in my book we haven't even gotten Close to the biggest settle down Moment in the entire album
0: So you wonder if like the guy that did This video is like some young director and then he Went on to Hollywood and yeah became Like some Oscar winner they're like tell us about your Career Oh, wow! It's just when I first started. I had this European band called Europe. <laughs> we did oh. a video about the white man's guilt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, come on, oh, here we go. <laughs> the next song.
3: I have I'm a story already laughing. This.
0: I have a story on this. Go ahead. I know you. I know you do. Oh. Oh.
5: Need the sky. Long for the white No matter where she fly. Long for the stranger. You know, somewhere, somewhere. Pray for the soldier.
1: time has come so you get more of a slower tempo song versus being a ballad and if you haven't realized it by now oh whoa and yeah are Jory tempest lyrics he uses it a lot to enhance thank you thank you melodies. Sonny. i i have that in my that's
0: notes it's a, a james yeah. brown lyric
1: yeah earworms he loves, he loves that he loves it right um We've talked about Norm wanted to be more rock, so thought they were going around the wrong path with this song. I can I can hear him saying, did he just say long for the white dove? <laughs> right? I can just imagine. Now, all that being said, you cannot deny Joey's vocal is fucking outstanding on this song. And Norm basically did what Neil Sean would have done during the guitar solo. Mm-hmm. He gets a full minute to show off his chops. I think it's great. I love this song. And I will now cue Tommy saying you would love this song. All right, hold on, hold on. So, this, there's two parts to this song.
2: So, the beginning of the song. So, the song is called the time, the song is called Time Has Come. The song should almost be titled Joey Has Come. <laughs> because the beginning of the song is, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, what? It, I'm like, did they hit record by accident? Because that doesn't sound like that should be part of the song. Like, he, that's not even m- melodic, like vocals. It's like, oh, like, it's like he's doing his O oh face, like in the in the in the office. Oh, 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 oh. The lyrics I, turn up the cringe to fucking twenty because long for the sailor beneath the skies long for the white dove, no matter where, I I mean, the the hallmark would reject this, but, but here comes the, but once the band kicks in and it turns into a rock song, like a slower mid tempo rock song, I think it's a great song, Sonny. I do. I agree with you. I think John Norum's solo. It's, it is a beautiful solo, fantastic melody. The lyrics are just really, really rough. But again, I'll say it again. Joey Tempest sings his fucking heart out. And he's got a great, he has got such a great voice. It's so underrated. I feel like the song, the final countdown really fucked this band in terms of people paying attention to John Norm and people paying attention to Joey Tempest. So I think the beginning of the song is kind of cringe, but when the band gets involved, like fully, especially Norm, I think it's a really good song. I do.
3: All right,
0: boys. Uh, The time has come. Another Joey Tempest written song. That, oh, 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 I told Tom this story. When I was in grade school and we had music class, I think the lady's Mrs. Pollock, Pollock something like that. <laughs> fucking goof, middle-aged fucking lady teaching us music. Me and my friend Paul, we were, I mean, I don't know, third or fourth grade. Every time <laughs> music, we would always purposely sing so horrendously bad, just to fuck we'd always go, oh, oh. <laughs> she would always be playing the piano and then look back and give a look of bewilderment on her face. Like, what, the- what
2: are you doing?
0: What the fuck is that bad? Like, but not realizing that we're doing it on purpose, she just thought we were singing bad. That's this, that's me in the third grade. Making fucking stupid fucking horrible singing, and he decided to put it as the opening part of this song. Oh, 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 I don't know what the fuck that is. It has no reason to be on that. No, Tom, you're right. Take that song out. It's not bad. Again, there's nothing bad on this album. I'm not a big fan of this song. But I don't mind it. I I it's not enough for me to get up and or to move my finger to press fast forward. Yeah. I'll listen to it. It's okay because the band plays decent and the vocals are nice. It's just that opening thing is just horrendous. The uh the solos good again. He's uh, he's just in a, in a different place. Long for the eagle on wings
2: it's so strong that you, you know, know that what? sounds, that sounds <laughs> like church shit like when i used to go to sunday mass like church like that that's like something like from like a like a gospel reading what are you doing the but the music is so melodic that you
0: overcome it and the vocals are great long for the long for the sailor the sailor is that what we're singing about now who's wounded
2: but i like this long for i like pray for the soldier who's wounded bad Not hurt. Not, he's, not, he's wounded not bad, badly, not not wounded badly. Just bad because he needed a rhyme. Sad.
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's right.
1: Sadly, doesn't work. Yeah. Correct.
0: Correct. And at some point, someone's like, "I'm long for this song to be over." <laughs> like, good <laughs> lord, it, it's just bad English translation. And Wait, bad English, the band, you know, yeah, both, <laughs> and then just terrible opening. I don't yeah. understand it. It's a tough I, opening. My mind didn't go to him
2: jerking off. Oh, well, my! Did it? It's, it sounded like somebody hit record like t- twenty seconds. Too that's soon. not a.
0: That's not a very masculine way of getting <laughs> off. oh.
3: oh. <laughs> All
0: right. Anyways, let's get to the next track.
1: Hardest Stone. So this song, to me, has a little more rock to it. Again, the guitar and synth mix playing off each other, it sounds good to my ears. Um, love the chorus. It's catchy as hell. Norm's guitar solo is great. But what gets me every time, and the earworm that I, what makes me come back to the song, the earworm that makes me come back to the song, is the stabbing guitar notes. The, right? Put in the right spots. Yes. right. yes for whatever reason, and it ends that way, too. So it takes this song that I'm like, okay, it wasn't a single. I can understand why it wasn't probably a single, although I think it could have done okay. Um, it's got a lot of earworms, but just that norm-stabbing guitar works so perfectly. I really actually like this song. And the chorus is written, because there's not really a pre-chorus, so the period chorus and chorus are together. Yep. When it gets to that, dude, it's hard not to sing along.
2: I couldn't agree with you more. This song fucking is a a standout. I can't believe this song was not released as a single. I know they released four, five singles total, but my God, like this is a nice night. This is the pace that I like that they do here. Mid-tempo, stomping, kind of heavy, but Sonny, you said it. That bridge-chorus combo, time after time, I'm wondering why. I mean, give me... Their their ability to create that hook and that melody is just unparalleled. But I'll tell you right now, I've been singing the praises of John Norm. This fucking solo on this song, the first time I heard this, I said, I I cannot believe this album has escaped me for this long where I have not paid attention to him. And again, we said it earlier in the beginning of the episode. This is why he was on that list of underrated hair metal or 80s rock guitarists. He is Rushing it on this song. I mean, the whole album is, but this solo here is magnificent. I think it's the best solo that he's done on the entire record. But this song, to me, killer, killer track.
0: Heart of Stone, written by Joey Tempest. The funnest part about going back to this album was remembering that I used to put this song on my mixtapes because it always stood out to me when I did, like, mix 80s stuff. Yep. It is by far to me, ahead of everything else, maybe with the exception of one other song, it is so fucking catchy. His vocal delivery on this is off the charts. Yep. Time after time, I'm wondering why. It's just, and then after he says, all alone, and that's the darkest song. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: so good. The chorus yeah. is so catchy. Even the beginning part, when he sings the lyrics of the opening verses,
1: Right? But he he says, I told it. you
2: once and I've told you what. And again, he's saying it with like a lot of emotions. power. I told you. Lies. And yeah. his voice goes up.
1: Yep.
0: Right? And then the way the music transitions right into time after time. How fucking catchy is this song? And it's got that stop and go guitar 80s kind of fun music. Now, if you think about it, the lyrics are fucking stupid, like all of their of lyrics, course. but they're not like, They're just bad because they're fucking non-English people writing English stuff. (laughs) But you sing along to this, and it is fucking, it stays with you. I can't remember how happy I was when I played this album again, and, like, every fucking song, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And when this came on, oh, man, I'm like, I fucking love this song. I can't believe I forgot all about it. Yep. Well. We still have two songs to change our minds. Here's the next one.
1: On the loose, okay, so for 86 Europe, this is their metal side. When they come back in the 2000s, they are more this, but they're a little darker. They drop down tuning, and they go a little heavier. Like Joey's voice is a little huskier nowadays. Mm -hmm. But for this metal, Europe is still almost danceable. Um, These are the type of songs that are absolutely Norm's bang zone. I mean, he is absolutely shredding here. Now I'm listening to this song the other day, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, I forgot." You better not stand in their way. I'm like, "Oh no, Zeus is gonna fucking rip it to shreds." Tommy's gonna be, "Ooh, relax."
3: <laughs> uh,
1: okay, I- I'll say I like the pre-chorus better than the chorus, and I love the verses too, where he's doing the whole run in, looking, hoping, praying, dreaming. Like the way he wrote that was cool. The chorus on the loose, so young, so tough, so wild. I'm like, oh, God, this is not. This is not very good. <laughs> Song's okay. It's just, it's not written very well. I feel. You just reminded me of of
2: Frank Costanza when 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 they go, he when he's talking about his the, the, in Korean, and he goes, "What does that mean?" He goes, "This guy, this is not my type of guy." Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is this song. This is not my type of song. <laughs> like, you're right. When it starts off, I'm like, fuck, this sounds like Judas Priest. Like that's a, that is a killer fucking riff. And then the yeah. drums come in and that stomping and then it picks up. And I'm like, kind of again, like Ninja. I'm not a big fan of this tempo for this band right now. I'm, I'm not a, I don't like, I don't like, I don't think it suits Joey's vocals that well. I like when he's singing kind of mid tempo, slower kind of thought Full low like vocals, as opposed to like singing, singing fast and and, and up tempo and speedy, for lack of a better word. But Sonny, you know me and Zeus so well. I wrote down in my notes, this may be the biggest settle down moment in ARC <laughs> history. He's got something to say. You better not stand in his way. Look out! <laughs> you need to fucking relax. Right? You better not stand in his way. Look out! Oh what? What's gonna happen if I don't look out? <laughs> But then they make up for it by Norm coming in with an absolute fucking face melter of a guitar solo. It just absolutely burns the song apart. It's awesome, and I think that's what saves the song. but you're right, so young, so tough, so wild <laughs> oh, okay. like wild Mick Brown like, yeah. it's like a movie theme it's like an eighties like TV like like cop show theme or something. but it's good it's it 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 saves itself with with some of the stuff that's going on here. All right. On the loose, written Joey
0: Tempest. Uh, it was the EP soundtrack for a Swedish 1985 film On the Loose. Okay, they and go. then they re-recorded it and put it on this album. Okay. I like the guitar. Uh fast solos, pretty cool. This song reminds me of we talked about it before, where there are songs that think of 80s movies montages. Yes. That were like the yes. fucking. Scenery moves real quick to catch you up, and they put it in a song. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at the car wash, washing their car, then they're hanging out at a movie theater laughing, they're walking down the street, and that's how they fell in love. Like yeah. all in five minutes through a song. But this song specifically reminds me of Bon Jovi's debut album, Side Two. Oh, yeah, okay. I could see that. It reminds me of like get <coughs> ready. Yep, yep. Shit like that, where you're like, That's like a fucking like footloose. Yes. montage movie yes. yes. on the loose and he's like running or like yeah. the outsiders, they're like fucking running away from the cops or something and just yep. playing in the background. It's just, you know, it's not bad. Um The settling down amount of this album, <laughs> dude, what are you going to do if he doesn't watch out? You're going to hit him with your purse? What are you going to do? They're going to raise their
2: fist in the air together as a team.
0: <laughs> That's another signful thing
2: He stole my
0: Leather set a purse? a purse? Yes, I carry a purse yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, let's finish the last track
1: Love Chaser. So this song was released a single only in Japan because it made it to a soundtrack of a Japanese movie called Pride One. Um, another mid-tempo, softer song. The keyboard riff has hints of the final countdown in it, um, but the guitar riff actually has a little bit of a chug to it. And Norm shreds on this song. And I would say the last two songs, On the Loose, Love Chaser, probably, like I said, Norm's Bang Zone. But in the end, I think he was fighting a losing fight like these other songs that were more mass audience we going to do better and that's why he walked and probably a good idea now believe it or not there are a couple of wrestlers in Japan that use this as their walkout song mm-hmm. dude love chaser there is no <laughs> meat to this song I I can't believe some would walk out to love chaser and some are walking to walking out the highway to hell like how the <laughs> fuck did you choose this song <laughs>
2: I liked. Uh, look, this is another standout. For, but you're right. When I first heard it, so I go, "Why are they playing Final Countdown again? W- w- do they only know like Do they only know one fucking riff on the keyboard? Like, I'm like, wait, that is the Final Countdown. But then uh, when it slows down, it, and you get that dun, 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 like the nice, cool, fucking chugging riff, Sonny, you said it. They bury these last two like Norum specials. Yeah. Kind of at the bat at the bottom of the uh, of the album because the album, the track listing, it we talk about track listing a lot with ARC, is so top heavy. Like again, the first three songs were hits and videos. Um, I think it's a good song. I think it's 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 hooky again, great catchy chorus. Uh, Love Chaser. I, I again Joey Tempest. I'm, I'm picking up what he's putting down. Another crazy awesome fucking solo by Norum. I think it's a good song. I think it's a good ending to the album. Love Chaser, written by Joey Tempest. It's the
0: second technically single. It was released in Japan, as Sonny mentioned, for the movie Ride One. One of the wrestlers is named Yoshaki Yatsu uh, as his entrance that he uses in all Japan wrestling. The keyboard opening made me think of Final Countdown. Then that chugging riff, exactly what I wrote, Tom. Yep, so similar. Another good song on the album. Again, good, good mel- melodic guitar, vocals. It just works. Nice way to end the album. Now, that is Europe's final countdown. Sonny, want to give your final thoughts?
1: So one of the reasons, and I sent you guys the video I had, one of the reasons I picked the album was because of my middle daughter. So she's 21 now. She's married, about to graduate from SF State with a criminal justice degree here in a couple of months. Nice. But when she was was about 11, Christmas Day, I bought her a full-size keyboard. She had never really touched one before. She had never really seen one before because my brainwashing was working. And she was starting to get interested in music. So she opens all of her presents. I set up the keyboard and stand for her upstairs. She disappears for a while. About three or four hours later, she calls me upstairs, wanted to show me what she could play on her new keyboard. And I'm like, well, she's never touched a keyboard before. What could she possibly know how to play? And she proceeds to play the main lick of the final
3: countdown.
1: I'm like, what the fuck? Yes, I probably cried that day. And I almost cry every time I see that goddamn video. And I almost cry every time I talk about it, right? It's just someone, it's just one of those things. So not only did this come up in my senior year of high school, it was a band. I felt like I only knew about Zeus has said similar things with Bon Jovi, right? It's like, this is a band only I know about. And I still feel like that. Um, But the music connected to my kids in the two thousands, right? How many years later? So the music will always this. The music on this album will always be special to me. It's a desert island disc for me. For those who say, "Oh, it's bubblegum metal or you know, wimpy rock or hair metal," I say, "Whatever, fuck you." I, I I get it. The poodle haircuts, the keyboards, the falsetto voice, the theatrical feel to some of the songs hurt their credibility. But they were doing what they had to make it in '86. Today, they're much darker. Joey has a voice that's huskier, and they absolutely rock. I'm sorry, they're not American. There's shit going on in other parts of the world. So if you want to get a little cultured, maybe you go try some Europe music nowadays. Right? Just pick like War of the Kings. Go listen to War of the Kings title track and you're like, "Wow, these are the guys that did Final Countdown? Like these guys are still around. They're around for a reason." Get past the fucking blonde haircuts, the big cheesy teeth and, you know, the the fist raising and Cherokee video. Like get past all that shit. I think you'd you agree that there's some good shit here. I don't love everything Europe, but Europe is one of my favorite bands, and it's definitely in the top 50 of the bands I listen to. So, uh, those are kind of my final thoughts.
3: Okay,
2: so for me, I don't think I've ever kind of evolved from start to finish on an album like this and all the ARC albums. You picked it, and I was like, "Oh, nice." I'm like, I know half of this album. I know, you know, I knew like four or five of the songs fairly well. Didn't know anything about the rest of the album. Didn't really get into it because, like I said earlier, I never owned the album. And I put it on, I'm, I go to the gym, I'm listening to it, and I'm like, okay, the, the songs I know are good, but some of these other songs, like, what the hell am I listening to here? And I just think this is such a perfect example for me personally, and I'm not going to try to preach to other people, but I guess maybe I will. This is such a perfect example of giving an album a chance to breathe and listen to it more than once and not be like, what am I, ah, this is, this is like, you keep, because... Long story short, by the end of getting to this, as we're approaching today to record, I bought this album for the first time in my life. Sonny, I'm going to be sending you the bill. It's your fault. You made me fucking buy this. <laughs> but this is an album I thoroughly enjoy listening to. This was not a slog to get through. This is not an album that will go on the ARC Spotify playlist and just be buried into oblivion. I will go back to this. I I can't. I mean, I I really... I discovered something that I didn't have before. And you know, for the first time in a long time, if ever, I gotta applaud Sonny for picking something like that. So I I'm I'm a fan.
0: All right. So I'm happy that I got back into this album. I used to like it a lot. I like it again a lot. Yeah. And I will listen to this again. Couple things that stick out. Uh to annoy my kid, I play this in the car. As I, I tell you guys, I play when I I don't commute much Right. So right. that's my only real chance to listen to these albums So when I drive her to school in the morning And put it back, she always makes a comment About like, whose pick is this She can pick which is Sonny's pick And which is <laughs> ours She that's says, awesome. oh, this has got to be Sonny's pick <laughs> I sit there She likes it <laughs> She likes this <laughs> I sit there while she's in the car And I do what you do to us In the text group <laughs>
5: she's like, stop! she's like,
0: stop doing that! (laughs) And then I sway in the car and she's like, you're so fucking embarrassing. (laughs) But I I love doing that to her. The one thing I will say to you, Sonny, is this is the stuff that I don't like. You say, well, if you listen to this now, you'll be like, I can't believe that's the band that did the final countdown. Well, I want them to do the final countdown. I want them to do this album. I don't want them to change their sound. And the sad thing is... This era type of music, you say, because I don't know this, the albums before this is very different. This album is like almost like the perfect because then they lose Norm going forward, and when he finally comes back, the style of music has changed. So, like I wish they had another album with Norm like this because I think he he might be one of those guys that pulls them back a little more into the rock in a way from the too cheesy commercial stuff. Like, I don't know if they would have Heart of Stone and On the Loose and other songs and Rock the Night if he's not involved. So I'm not saying the new guitar player that came in isn't decent, but obviously Norm had some sort of an influence on them. And I remember when I got into Europe back then in the 80s, he released a solo album right around that time. And there was a couple of his videos that show up on uh, MTV's Headbangers Ball. And I bought his album. Wow. Like back then, I bought the cassette. So I-, I wish they kept the sound more and had a couple albums like that so you can appreciate for what it was for at that time with that band in and of itself. Um, and it's too bad. But regardless, I- I'm psyched that we got back into an album that I used to play a lot and it brought back a lot of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And now what we do is we we actually rank the album tracks.
1: All right. So before I uh, share my first one, that album that uh, Zeus is talking about, that album is called Total Control. And for the Kiss Nerds, there's a version of Back on the Streets, Vinnie Vincent. John does a version of Back on the Streets on that album. So. Oh, Okay. If you want to go check it. Out. Was
0: that the album or was it the yeah, one after Yeah, Total afterwards?
1: Control. Yeah, Total Control. Is that the
0: one with he's like like a shadow
1: and he's just holding a yeah. guitar and the okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah, it. That's it. All right, so ranking of the songs, my number 10 on the loose. Okay. Uh my number 10
2: is Ninja. <laughs> Sorry.
0: I just that's... remember when we started this album, yeah. Yeah. And you the one of the first things you wrote to us was like ninjas of i'm like oh he's gonna fucking hate this nope but that song's not good but (laughs) oh that's this is easy the time has come that opening orgasm yeah yeah, it's just awful and it's Um, not that bad and it's it's not that bad i want to say so this is pretty good if this is the number 10 that's all i'm saying
1: my number nine is uh danger on the track whoa So Ninja was the only song that was
2: kind of a dud for me. The rest of this album is, I mean, I have a definite number one and two, and the rest of the album I could kind of just shuffle around. So uh, for number nine, I'm putting Carrie. Oh, number nine, I'm with Sonny. Danger on the track.
0: Stupid. What is the track? Somebody explain that to me.
1: (laughs) Uh, Number eight for me is Love Chaser. (laughs)
2: Uh, Number eight for me is On the Loose. I'm with Sonny again. Love, Chaser. My number seven is Carrie. Okay. My number seven is... Oh! (laughs) Time has come. Number seven is Joey Joey. has come. I mean, time has come.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Number seven for me
2: is the good old fashioned ninja
1: number 6 for me
2: is time has come number 6 for me is the title track final countdown
1: what do 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 mhm do 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 no number 6 for me Carrie. all right number 5 for me is ninja survive
2: number 5 for me is the trail of tears cherokee <laughs>
1: Uh, Number five for me, on the loose. Number four for me is rock now, rock the night.
2: Number four for me. Wow, different here. You guys got both of these low. Number four for me is love chaser.
0: Warriors, Cherokee.
1: That's your number four? Yes. Yes, sir. All right. My number three is Cherokee.
2: <laughs> oh, all right. You guys hate this. The chorus is cheap, but I love the song "Danger on the Tracks." <laughs> Not three this. for me.
0: <laughs> you can't like it unless you explain <laughs> to me. Is he talking about railroad tracks? And there's like,
2: well, a train he, coming and someone's he's, tied I, up. I, I, meant, I think he meant path, but track sounded good. Danger on the track, like like uh, th- like. There's danger in his way, like on the tracks, like. Oh, so in my what?
0: in my path ahead. Maybe he called there's it da- track ahead.
2: He, well, because okay, he's not talking about heroin, so I don't think he's talking well, about. He's tracks talked from- about hunters before, so maybe yeah. he's tracking somebody. I fucking maybe maybe, but that's right. the mystery. <laughs>
0: uh, Joey, when he's done spinning around in his fucking eighties <laughs> jacket, maybe he'll tell us. Uh, number three for me is Rock the Night. Number two for me is
2: Oh, God. Number two for me is Rock the Night. Two for me and just slightly below is Heart of Stone. That makes my number one Heart of Stone. That's my number one. Easily, easily number one.
0: I can't. I For as good as Heart of the Stone is, I can't get fucking the final countdown out of my head between, that's number one wow between yeah. the video the the <clears throat> the just nostalgia of it yeah you hear it at a sports stadium and you're not kind of trying to act like you like it and you're
1: like yep yep do, yeah uh, it just it's just too too catchy so it doesn't happen often in our rankings when we add them up but you got to remember like when we're adding when we're ranking 10 songs If all of us gave it a 10, it would be a 30, right? So any song in the 20s, we probably don't love. One, two, three, four, five, six out of the 10 songs ended up in the 20s. Yeah. So we have four clear tops for us. Okay. So number four is Cherokee. Tied for number two is the final countdown and rock the night. And number one is hard of stone. Nice. And I love that song. Perfect.
2: Good. Wow. All right. Let's get
3: to the All good right. stuff.
0: Let's get to album covers.
2: Oh, I think we're going to differ on this a little bit.
0: No, <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so, too. Uh, Sonny, you want to start us off?
1: All right. So right now, my fi- top five, five is moving pictures. Four is The Monk Burning on Rage Against the Machine. Three is Come and Get It. Two, Slide It In. One, Peace of Mind. Ah. Uh, The ugly four girls on Look What the Cat Dragged In, I would do all four of them before looking at this album cover. (laughs) And I would actually probably drink cow semen. Oh, God, you're out of your mind. I am making this absolutely dead last.
2: Are you serious?
1: Are you? Oh, my God. Because we have listeners right now that are never going to give this a chance because of this fucking cover. I don't know about that. Yes, we do.
3: Oh, absolutely.
1: We do. (laughs) Absolutely. We will get emails and texts saying, I never gave it a chance because if you've seen the cover. Okay. Dead last for me, number 48. Okay. All right. Uh, For me, my top five album covers are Moving Pictures,
2: Rage Against the Machine, Blizzard of Oz, Purple Rain, Master of Puppets, I like this cover. I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's the colors or the cartoony comic book animation, whatever. It's very, very eye catching to me. I think it's really cool. I don't give a shit about the image that it creates or the image that it might do to a potential listener or buyer. I'm putting it at 15. Wow. Yep. You're putting this ahead of 10. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. 10. Just a bunch of fucking hands up in the air, Yeah, but it's
2: nostalgic. It, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Do you like Superman 2? I've never even seen it. Oh, it's the best. It's, it's my favorite fucking never, never saw. It's my
0: favorite uh hero fucking Marvel movie. Never saw by it. far. Okay. By far. That guy that plays um uh, Jared Sorrel, uh not Sora. Um the Zod. Zod, Zod is yeah, fucking off the charts. Yeah. The storyline's great. I even have the other version of the movie yeah. with the original ending and the mixed up middle part. Fucking brilliant. Brilliant. Movie. And
1: before we get feedback, we fucking know it's DC. Relax. DC we don't know DC, yeah. Universal. Yeah. I'm thinking about that. It's movies. not yeah, Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My mind Everybody went relax. to fucking something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? You didn't get fucking, uh, what's his name? Dr. X, Mr. fucking. <laughs> Fucking strange love, speed, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> strange love. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, I have uh five slided it in. Oh, love that album. Peace of mind, love that. Appetite, love that. Blizzard of Oz, love that. Hotel California, nostalgia only. Uh, is number one. So for me, where am I putting this? Because I got to look towards the bottom. Yeah, of course. <sighs> Bad English. Very bad. The hailstorm stupidity is bad. I don't need a cheesy photo of fucking Ingve. The winger one just doesn't make sense. Detonator is stupid. Is this worse than look what the cat dragged in?
1: No. Yes. No. Yes. No.
2: Yes. I. I, I
0: I'm going to say, yeah.
5: No oh my I'm God. putting this guys, at
0: 47. You guys are audio. Only load mind. is bigger. And the reason why I'm putting it
1: <laughs> only load is bigger. You <laughs> yeah. realize. That sounds good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, um, is worse, I should say. Right? <laughs> so the reason why I'm putting it is because poison knew what they were doing. They were like, We're proud to put you this.
2: I gotta be honest These with you. These guys I'm, are like, what the I'm, fuck? I'm missing I I, I mean. We're usually kind of on the same wave. I'm I'm really missing the problem with this cover. I'm I'm not getting it. I'm I'm not getting it. Dude,
0: John Norm is a normal looking guy. This fucking cheesy feathered it, it's so cheesy. But and it's 1986. <laughs> you're you're penalizing them for something they did almost 40 years ago. Yes, I'm penalizing ah, because this is okay. fucking horrendous looking right now. Okay. Okay. Oh, and that's fine. Okay, so look at the other albums that came out during those times. Not all albums were cheesy. We have some great albums. Oh, no, I agree. Albums.
5: I
2: agree. I agree. Right? Look I at agree. our pop
0: albums. Um, Guns N' Roses came out right around that time. Uh, We have uh, Blizzard of Oz a few years only earlier. I, I agree. Peace of mind. I,
2: and then I, you... <laughs> <laughs> this. this is one of these albums I cannot fucking wait for listener feedback on everything from <laughs> from from the cover to the songs to the what in general I think this is going to be great feedback but anyways let's get All to right. the good stuff here the album
0: alright so now we're moving on to album rankings uh Sonny where are you at
1: alright so right now my top five is Appetite is number five slide it in four Hailstorm three Purple Rain two Black Tiger number one um. Okay, so Zeus mentioned it earlier that he was basically trying to do this. And yep. yeah, he will tell you themselves, somewhere between Europe and Whitesnake. That's what they were yep. shooting for because that's yep. what they loved, right? Yep. To me, that Heat 2 record is actually better because I think wow. I like Eric's, I like Eric's uh, vocals better. And it's a little more rock and a little more modern yep. than what Europe did on this. So I actually have... The final countdown at number 16, right below heat and above trash. Oh, God.
0: Fucking horrendous.
1: (laughs) All right. So this is hovering above the rim, kind of
2: like the adjacent to refuse. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not complaining about where you have
0: (laughs) Europe. Just look at that fucking look at that lineup above it. Europe heat two bad English winger. What yeah. the fuck? Bullet boys is ahead of that too.
1: Yep. They they If they, all those guys toured together right now, I'd be the first guy. You'd the be the only row. guy. You'd be the all only right. guy. All yeah, right. with 5,000
3: <laughs> women.
0: <laughs> all right, so if you had a monsters of rock and they're all playing at the same time, Europe is doing final countdown straight through. Um Bullet boys is doing their debut straight through. Uh, Heat's doing heat too Bad English is doing theirs Winger's doing theirs You're going to Bullet Boys?
2: No, you nope. tie the anchor around your neck and jump off the boat
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Although I like about. the Bullet Boys album more I would go to the final <laughs> countdown Because you never get to see Europe Okay
0: Alright, well that's a that's a smart answer, Sonny I wasn't expecting that
1: that's a thoughtful (laughs) he's
2: like he's like Joey Tempest he's very serious he's serious about his Europe music (laughs) yes yes all right for me my top five albums are number five Fair Warning Shout at the Devil Purple Rain Moving Pictures Master of Puppets I gotta say we're at we're at album 48 and once I'm looking at my rankings the middle like like the like probably like the bottom half of the 48 album it's such a mess the way these rankings are, because you spend so much time with an album. You're like, I love this album. And then I'm like, like, why the hell is like, come and get it higher than like super unknown. Like that makes no sense. But anyways, and this may, this may not make sense in in three months. I might be like, why the hell do I have final countdown this high? Long story short, I have it at number 26. I love this album. I can't believe it. I have it right below Odyssey and right above. Come and get it. Number 26. You have come and get it that high. That was an accident. (laughs) I like the album, but it shouldn't be that high. That'll be when we get to episode when we celebrate 50 albums of ARC. That'll be we'll we'll do some mulligan repicks.
0: Yeah. 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 All right. So, uh, for me, top five, I have Pyromania, Blizzard of Oz, Hotel California, Automatic for the People, and Purple. Uh, I am putting final countdown at number 26 as well, right below Detonator. Uh, I just like Rap better, but I'm putting it above Fair
2: Warning. Oh oh, wow! Okay, I get it. No, I that's okay. No, I look. I'm not going to try to convince people that Fair Warning is like a great Van Halen album. It's a weird out pop heavy. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Nice. Nice. All right, guys. I I still can't fucking wrap my head around your hatred for the cover, but that's okay. I think that's hilarious.
0: Okay. All right, boys. We go to this next.
1: Sonny, what's making you rock hard these days? All right. So I'm going to go on to a Prime series, Amazon Prime. And Tony kind of turned me on to this. Tony a, turned so you on? Called, yeah. Tony always turns me on because he makes me rock hard. You happy now, Tony? You happy? We need to clip that. Clip that. Tony right? makes me rock hard. And you know what? I'll apologize here, too. I apologize on another episode, but I'll apologize here, too. On a growing up rock, uh episode the last one that released i said that restrained only had 11 or 12 monthly listeners on spotify
2: (laughs) oh no why would you
1: say that tony sent me a text showing that they had more than that so i will now apologize that i said you only had 11 to 22 and acknowledge or 11 to 12 and acknowledge that you have 22, as you sent me in the text. You are Fuck you. you, you are happy, mean. Tony? You are You're a not mean, a very nice, you fool. are a mean bastard. <laughs> Go okay. ahead. So anyway, so Tony turned me on to this uh, Louder Milk. Have you guys seen this yet? Oh, yeah. I heard, yeah, he was texting about that. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So Sam Louder Milk is a. Former, Wait, that's on Netflix? Uh, It's on Prime, isn't it? No, it's I Netflix. Think it's on Prime. It's Netflix. No, it's Prime.
2: Okay, hold on. Check it. I'm checking. Uh,
1: So Sam Loudermilk is a former music credit, recovering alcoholic, but is a substance abuse counselor and a support group leader and has fucking zero filter left. So he says out loud all the things that society says you aren't supposed to say. Right. So I think there's even an episode where he comes up to somebody. Are you a man or a woman right now? Right. Like that kind of shit.
2: By the way, Sonny, we're both right. Netflix just picked it up this month, January of 24. Oh, okay, okay. So we yeah. But it okay. was on Prime, right? Correct. Yes, yeah, so it originally okay. was on Prime. Yep.
1: Hilarious and Sam's uh Sam Loudermilk's life is a complete fucking mess and basically the first and second seasons all about he's been assigned another person that her life is a complete fucking mess and he's trying to help him. Nice. Um you uh, most likely, you won't know who Will Sasso is. He plays a part in there. Anja uh, Savic is one of the actresses. And then Laura Minnell is one of the actresses. But the main guy, Sam Loudermilk, is Ron Livingston. Love He's him. the guy that was in Office Space. Office Space, yep. 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 Yeah, the lead guy. And there. Boardwalk so,
3: Empire.
1: And Boardwalk Empire. There you go. So it's a pretty cool, you'll love it right out of the gate. Because it, this is not one of those, oh, the first two episodes kind of suck. You need to get to the third. You will be laughing the first episode, and um, and then you'll get hooked. I, I think I binged all three seasons in like one weekend. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, Louder Milk. Check it out. Okay. So, I've been watching a lot of good
2: TV lately. Now that I got my uh, my TV back, uh, you know, my lovely mom was visiting me for a while. So, now I, now I have my, my TV time back. So I could have picked a bunch of different things, but I'm going to pick the one that I'm currently in the middle of. Uh, And this is a series on Netflix, a 10-part series, and it's called The Night Agent. And I don't know if anybody, I don't know if you guys have heard of it or seen it. So the tagline is, while monitoring an emergency line, an FBI agent answers a call that plunges him into a deadly conspiracy involving a mole at the White House. This is my kind of shit. Political conspiracy conspiracy. Done It? thrillers fucking incredible the first episode right off the bat it's one of those things i can't get up i gotta watch the next one and, th- and the next one and the next one and the next one and eventually you're like i gotta fi- i gotta go to bed i gotta stop i gotta go to bed um halfway through it it's incredible and i love it because there's really nobody famous in it so you're not you don't have any like preconceptions about like oh i remember him when he was in that movie or that like you really don't know any of the names and faces so you're kind of just going in blind with the characters. Super well-written, awesome pace, incredible plot. You got to pay attention. There's so many moving parts. Every time they meet somebody, they get thrown into the web of conspiracy. And anything involving the U.S. government and the White House and conspiracies and moles and traitors and surveillance, fucking right up my alley. The Night Agent on Netflix can't recommend it enough.
0: All right. So for me, I'm going to hit pick something that. It's close to home. Tom will know this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I picked this one yet. It's a documentary. It's on uh max. It's called murder in Boston. It roots rampage and reckoning. So it's about the Charles Stewart murders.
2: Oh yes. I haven't watched it yet. Yep.
0: They actually have a podcast version of it, but watch yep. the documentary uh, murder in Boston roots, rampage and reckoning it all talks about basically what we grew up with knowing what Boston was like, the kind of racist history that it's had the segregation, how you don't go into Mattapan, you don't go into Roxbury. And if if you're white and if you're black, you don't go into uh, Southie, Dorchester, Chal- Charlestown South Boston, Charlestown. You don't go into that stuff. Yep. Well, yep. the story is at, at this point, um, Charles Stewart is is married, Has uh, his wife is having a baby, uh, he calls the police on it. Somehow he has a cell phone, this is way back when, and uh, says he's been shot, and his wife has been shot in the head. Police can't find them, they don't know where they are, they finally track it through, it's an amazing how they discover, like real detective work, of where the car is supposedly situated. Mm-hmm. uh by using the sounds and sirens and noise in the background it's like a fucking law and order episode they find him his wife is dead he says a uh, couple black guys jump in his car took him from one spot where they were getting their um uh baby fucking uh, lama's class or something like that drove him to another area and robbed them and shot him after a while all hell breaks loose in boston's black neighborhoods they're fucking Everybody's gung ho. They got to catch this thing. It's like the worst of the racist kind of shit that got brought out and brought race relations all out crazy. I don't even know if I want to give it away for people that don't know the story about this. Don't don't
2: don't give it away. Don't. So
0: just find out and watch the documentary or learn about the Charles Stewart murder. It's gonna blow your mind that this shit happened. It's changed the history of the city of Boston policing. Everything is changed because of this. Is, it it, is like the is most it, famous almost murder in Boston's history.
2: Is it a multi-part thing or is it just three, like a one? Three episodes. Three, three episodes, okay.
0: And they have like documentaries so there's people talking. You should hear there's one cop that talks about it and he's retired now. Mm-hmm. You're like, I can't believe this guy is this much of a dick. Mm-hmm. Like just that's what you do. They're fucking criminals. And you're like, if this racist is like cleaning it up only this much, what was this fucking asshole like back then? Imagine fucking believable. Yeah. And the story of the people that were, because they were rounding up everybody, the shit that some of those families had to go through as suspects. It's incredible story. Yep. Watch it. You guys will be fascinated. And it still impacts the city of Boston till this day. Yep. That fucking one murder.
2: You bring up the name Charles Stewart, and you know, people are like, oh, oh fuck. Yeah. Like, that's remember like, that? It's, like it, it's so infamous. I
0: think he lived in Redding, mm-hmm. suburban place right down the street from where Tom and I grew up, neighbored, white couple, uh, shining example of what everybody wants, pregnant woman, black guy comes out and shoots him. Mm-hmm. So take a look at it. You'll, you'll be fascinated. Anyways, nice. that's what I got. So
1: let me ask you guys a question on stuff like that. You'd rather watch a documentary three-part series I say than a dramatized two-hour movie? No. Not
0: necessarily, necessarily. Um, I'd rather do
1: the, I'd rather watch the drama. I'd rather watch as, I'd rather
0: watch I'd rather watch both. The re- the, reason, watch the movie the, and then the, the, the fucking real story background.
2: The reason why I like these, the multi part, like the I, there was one I think I may have talked about it years ago on ARC. It was a one about the Isabella Stewart Gardner Art Museum heist. Yeah, yeah, just and I saw that. Up. It was great. It was yeah, awesome. and I and the yeah. reason why I like like a multi part thing is that they really get into the weeds of it, and you don't really miss anything. As opposed to if they made a two hour movie about Charles Stewart, it would probably dramatize, maybe a little fictionalized, and you, you know what I mean. But I see your point. I like them both. Depends on how they're made. Yeah. So
0: I've seen. You know, obviously we talked about this on ARC, Black Mass. Yes, exactly. I can yep. watch their movie. I thought it was a because, great okay, movie. Okay, yeah. great. But yeah. I also know the story. Exactly. And I want the real details. And yep. I'll see a documentary on Whitey Bulger and what he did in Boston and the criminals and all that shit. And the, the him getting captured and being on the lam All that stuff is fine. I could do both. I don't I don't pick one or the other. It depends on how well it's done. Yeah. You know, okay. you yep. guys would like this. And they actually made it into a podcast. I didn't listen to the podcast. I just, to me, if I can see the visual and I see the people, and I see the city and the stories. And they always show that picture. Remember when they were trying the race riots and the busing, Tom? Yeah, God. Yep. That poor black guy and the fucking white angry crown. The guy's like, it's like a symbolism of Boston. The guy's got an American flag on a stick and he's yep. fucking beating him with it.
2: Yep. Awful. Oh, it's Frugal. fucking
0: terrible. And yep. unfortunately, We're still tarred with that racist label to this day, the city of
2: Boston. Especially you talk about Boston athletes. They bring it up all the time. Oh,
0: oh, it never goes away. And and unfortunately, and if you look at the history of Boston, all the good movements about abolition, civil rights, all that shit stemmed from Boston. Mm -hmm. All of that. And the revolution. And we still have that old Protestant, white, fucking anti- you know establish whatever, and there's mm-hmm. that battle between that and the segregationists and all that shit in boston and it's and it's fucked up, it's yeah. gotten a lot better, thankfully,
3: oh yeah,
1: so- yeah. Yeah, Anyways, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah. like the David Ortiz's of the world and the Manny Ramirez's of the world, I mean, they, they didn't say bad things about Boston. Go ask Bill Russell how he was treated in Boston.
2: Well, he was also, know, he, but he's 70s. But, but he also played in the 60s when it was at its yeah, height. Yeah, like yeah. Jim
0: you Rice know. and the rest of them being the only See, but black player in baseball for like 10 years. I mean, in, in Boston, there's that racist. A lot of black athletes say, They get treated differently. But then you'll find now someone like you'll never hear a bad word from them. They love the city of Boston. It all depends. But there is too many idiots. There were fucking what a couple years ago, the with the guy from the Orioles was saying I don't know if it was true. Remember, but that's oh. the stuff that if it is true or if it's not, it doesn't matter. It's the that that, of
2: that's it. that situation has been refuted over and over and over. there's yeah, not a he was, single yeah, per- that
0: they were they, saying the n word to him. They were chanting it. There's the not crowd. a
2: single person in that entire stadium that could vouch for that 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 but happened. They're like nobody got thrown out for that. I'm like yeah, yeah, exactly. But but that Tory, was- Tory Hunter, I think wasn't it? Was it? Oh, was, was it? Tory? Okay. There was somebody that made- somebody. Yeah, yeah, I think it was on the Orioles. That. Oh, did. maybe, maybe, yeah. So, maybe, but maybe. anyway,
0: but that's just the thing. It still has that yeah. thing. And then, then you got the 80s, Boston Celtics had like an all white lineup, and they're going against the Lakers, all black lineup. And white people took the Celtics, and black people took the Lakers. And it just it's. But just, even Robert Parrish
1: never said bad things about Boston because he was he, high.
0: Yeah, because he was too busy. <laughs> Throwing his girlfriend down a flight of stairs, <laughs> and they were coached by Casey Jones. He was a black guy, yeah. so that kind of and, balanced and it all. And he was getting his weed delivered by FedEx. Remember, he got <laughs> <Yes>. busted <laughs> like a dumbass. He got busted. A fucking
2: UPS or FedEx was delivering yeah. <laughs> weed to his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> this is your Boston
0: history <laughs> lesson? Yeah. Anyways, um, Sonny, where can we find you?
1: Uh, easiest place is uh, Facebook or Twitter, um, com. I mean, those, any of those places. I'm easy to find if you want to find me. Are you going cruise. on the cruise soon? Uh, the cruise is uh, 33 days away. Nice.
0: If you guys are going on the Monsters of Rock cruise, Sonny loves it when strangers come up to him and, and ask him questions and talk to him. Yeah, no he problem. loves that.
1: All day. I'll do it all day. Come on. There you
0: go. <laughs> I'll never forget that first fucking, what was it? Uh, the cruise in in Miami. Remember? The kiss. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and yo, New York rock.
1: Oh, oh God.
0: Sonny's eyes just like. what? The
1: that's because the dude. That's because of the individual. <laughs> New, York, that's New York rocks. Yeah.
0: And we'd be like, hey, come over here. Sonny wants to say hello to you. <laughs> and he'd look at us like you motherfuckers. Yep. <laughs>
2: oh, man. Uh, Tom, do we have a show? <laughs> yeah so if this is your first time hearing us we are shouted out loudcast we're an all kiss podcast we drop kiss related episodes every saturday and then we do album review crew once a month with sunny uh you can check us out on our website at shoutoutloudcast.com and find out all the information you could send us an email at shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com and follow us on all the social media youtube facebook twitter instagram etc
0: yeah what we like to do is end on famous last words
2: anybody got one I'll start. I knew that you were waiting for me to save your life. I told you when I left, when I come back, you'll be my wife. Danger on the tracks. Oh, something told me there were strangers on my back. Whoa. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See, you like it.
1: (laughs) All right, I'll go next. Even though you're mistreating me, I know the girl that you used to be. For me, those days were meant to last forever. You're just a fucking bitch now.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I wanted you to sing it as,
2: as he did. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no.
0: All right. Bring me the feeling. Right in that moment when a heart for battle cries. Find me the treasure where the legend lies.
4: Settle
2: down, Joey. (laughs) How does it go? What's the chorus go? I'm not singing this again. Oh, come (laughs) on. Come on. What? No place to.
0: (laughs) How are you going to do that? Ninja survive. Ninja survive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Are you gonna walk by my side too no uh sunny Tom loudcasters Europe European white trash <laughs> listeners I don't know uh thank you very much
1: always a good time and uh yeah go try some Europe today sunny
2: Everybody out there, Zeus, great time as always. Now, after you listen to this episode, practice singing into a ketchup bottle and you'll have a great oh, yeah. day. So, <laughs> all right. On that note, uh peace out, Girl Scout.